Hello and welcome. It's Feel Good Friday, October the 13th. I am AJ Hawk. I am not Pat McAfee here on the Pat McAfee Show. I'm sitting in for Pat as he is out at Husky Stadium. Football is what we will be chatting about, is what the boys will be chatting about. Pat will be joining us from Husky Stadium. It's a beautiful scenery. I don't know if you guys have seen out there, guys. Pat's he's setting up. We'll get to him real soon. But Connor, how you doing? Austin Connor, talk to the table. Sorry I'm cutting you off here because we're gonna get to Pat here shortly when he is ready. Okay. Todd Schmidt. Tone Diggs, what'd you think last night of the game? Real quick though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Before I get to you, okay. Okay. I hear we're ready. I hear we might be ready <laughs> okay. at Husky Stadium. As Connor likes me to say, let's not beat around the bush anymore. Let's send oh. out the Husky Stadium. Mr. Pat McAfee, where are you, buddy? Hey, boy. Hey. Hey. How are you boys doing out there? Wow, it's beautiful. Man, that's yeah, what, it is, what a backdrop you have. So that is not fake, right? That is completely real. You're at the stadium. That is the real deal. Yeah, this is not a green screen. Uh, I had a nice flight about 5 a.m. this morning to the north left tip of the United States of America. And I don't think you fully appreciate the size of the United States until you're on a flight to the north, most northwest tip of this beautiful country of ours. It was a long one. Took a long time to get here. Landed. It was still dark, obviously, because the time zone changed. But as you're flying over Seattle coming in, you see Lumen Field. You see the other one. You see the Space Needle. You see the whole thing light up. You're going over to Puget Sound, I believe Mm -hmm. is the name Mm -hmm. of the water that you're going in there. And then you drive. Washington is pretty much like a Seattle university. I did not know that. Did you guys know that Washington is pretty much like city in Seattle, four minutes outside of downtown? It's been glorious thus far. The weather is nice. I guess it's supposed to be classic Seattle tomorrow with rain and a little bit of chill. Uh, But hopefully, you know, I have a good time out here. I'm going to be honest. This is the first trip I think I've ever taken in my life where I'm like, How's this going to go? Because, you know, everything with uh, Washington State Mm -hmm. that could potentially pop off. We got that doofus Ryan Leaf talking more trash uh, yesterday about (laughs) what I said about Washington State a few weeks ago. I've changed my tune, though, because I heard the Washington State folks (laughs) say that they think they're going to lose their football team. But allegedly, that does not matter. They're going to bring it tomorrow. And uh, it's an honor to be out here. It's a true dream come true to see this part of the, of the country. And that's a lake there. That's not Puget Sound. That is Lake uh, wow. Washington. Okay. That's Lake Washington. Lake Washington. Jeez, okay. Names. Hey, Pat, I yeah, know in about beautiful. 23 minutes, we've got Coach uh, Kalen DeBoer will be joining us as well, right, on that desk with you? Yeah, Coach Kalen DeBoer, uh, uh, Kalen DeBoer, who is an absolute dog, a football guy through and through. Obviously, what he's been able to do with this Washington Huskies team is something that all eyes are on. And this Washington-Oregon matchup that's taking place, massive rivalry. But this is the first time both teams have been ranked in the top 10 taking each other on. So this is the first time ever. So it's supposed to be bigger, badder than it's ever been. The Huskies people love Kalen DeBoer, and how could you not? Sioux Falls legend, who has made his way out here to the Pacific Northwest and got the boys flying around with old Penix Jr. But yeah, he'll be sitting right here, I do believe. I lost one of the the rubber things for one of my ear things. Oh, boy. Yeah, so I'm just stabbing myself in the eardrum, but that's worth it to be a part of a conversation with you boys. And uh, yeah, I'm lucky to be here. It's been fantastic thus far. And last night's game, buddy, mm. huh? Yikes, buddy, AJ. How'd it what go? a time for the the Chiefs cover. That's all I care about. You know what I mean? How do you I mean, feel about it, AJ? Harrison Bucker? Unbelievable performance. Obviously, the kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs. What he kicked a 60 yarder at the end of the first half yep. mm-hmm. into the win too. It felt like, and then a 52 
to secure the cover for you guys. And I, uh, the Broncos defense, though, hey, that's like the silver lining in this one. They give them some credit. Sure. They actually stood up and played pretty well. We just know the uh, the Broncos offense seemed to fall a little bit short, huh? Yeah, I mean, the Broncos defense certainly did their thing. Travis Kelsey still had like 175 yeah. yards or whatever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was still open whenever he needed to be open. Chiefs still cover. It could have been a little bit more beautiful. I think this is always the conversation with the Chiefs. Like, yeah, they won, but, you know, could have done better. I, I like, they get by the Broncos. Sean Payton is in an interesting situation. I got an interesting stat from Hembo this morning texted to me about Sean Payton and about this Broncos team. So Drew Brees started 229 games with Sean Payton as the OC slash head coach. Never once has he ever had a QBR as low as Russell Wilson did last night at 10.1. Ooh, nice. 229 games. And remember, Russell Wilson was supposed to be the next Drew Brees with Sean Payton. Sean Payton was going to be the one that was going to be able to get Russ to cook again. In that first drive, we saw Russ cooking a little bit. Mm -hmm. He was expanding some plays. He was kind of moving a little bit, wasn't getting tackled. Then bang, turnover happened. And boom, another turnover. And boom, another turnover happens. You're talking about a low QBR, lowest that Sean Payton's ever seen. I couldn't even fathom what Sean Payton's thinking while this team's doing what they do. And on the flip side, you're right. The defense did much better than we could have ever imagined. It's a division game. So the Broncos defense kind of knows, you know, the Chiefs a little bit. They played against Patrick Mahomes. Okay, never beat them, though. Uh, but Chiefs got the job done. I, I was told by Herb Street, you talk about Butker. I was told by Herb Street that uh, in warmups, he was hitting from 65 off the middle of the net. Jeez. Behind the... <laughs> Uh, it was super windy, so you don't know if the wind is at his back or if it's crosswind. Felt like with his 62-yarder, the wind brought it back a little bit from left to right, which was beautiful. Yeah. He played it perfectly. But after he hits that one or the 52-yarder, he hits a kickoff into the stands, into the stands. Like, this dude has one of the strongest legs of all time. He's one of the only kickers in the history of football to have a game winner in the Super Bowl, pretty much. You know, Vinatieri had a walk-off, so that's the only difference. The Eagles got the ball back with less than a minute, so it doesn't count necessarily as a Super Bowl-winning walk-off. But, like, this Bucker dude is so incredibly impressive. And it it just goes to the point that whenever you have a dynasty, and Tom Brady talked about this the other day, I need a good kicker, yep. I needed a good defense, mm-hmm. I needed this. It's like the Chiefs got it all covered, man. They're fun to watch. I'm appreciative of their existence. And uh, there wasn't that much Taylor Swift on TV last night, which I think everybody was super pumped up about. Yeah, not as much. I saw Al Michaels made some comments before the game. What did he say? Basically said, yeah, she'll be there. There she is. Look at her. Okay, move on to the game or something. And I don't want to put words in his mouth, but we see Taylor waving to different people. She's sitting with with Mrs. Kelsey. Seems to have a great time. I know they were hugging a few uh-huh. times after a couple uh, you know, third down conversions oh, yeah. for the Chiefs. I don't know. What do you think, Pat? Do you think they had a good mix of Taylor and also not Taylor? I mean, just the reality of the situation is this. Travis and Taylor are in love. That's right. Bingo. Okay. Brittany Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes are in love. Mm Yeah. So when Patrick and Travis do something spectacular, they'd be doing the world a disservice if they didn't show Taylor and Brittany celebrate Mm -hmm. it. But I think they, they moderated it as opposed to watching a Taylor Swift watching a football game game. It was a football game that one of the biggest stars in the history of Earth was at. And I think they got it right, honestly. I think I think Amazon got it right. I'm appreciative of the fact that the Swifties got a chance to see Taylor and watch more football. And I also appreciate the fact that the way Patrick and Travis play are like the perfect style for brand new football fans. So people that don't know football have no idea. And Herb she told me this. They call them Travis routes. Mm. Like that's what Travis Kelsey wrote. It's called Travis routes. 
where he has to know what everybody else is doing. Normally, the quarterback has to know what everybody else is doing because they have to know everybody's job and get everybody right. Whenever it comes to the Chiefs offense, Patrick has to obviously know what everybody's doing. Travis has to know what everybody's doing because Travis is just supposed to find his own lanes, find his own opening, do whatever you need to do. But he also can't step on anybody else's routes or anybody else's plays. So there's a level of football IQ that Travis Kelsey is displaying right in front of our eyes that nobody talks about, but also the level of trust that Andy Reid has, Patrick has, that entire offense has, that Travis Kelsey is just going to find it. And in that first half, it was awesome to watch. It's backyard football happening at the highest level, and all these new fans are getting introduced to the sport or getting to watch it, and I think they think that's just normal. It's not, and it is spectacular, AJ. It is not normal at all. You are correct, and you watch some of these things. like, oh, that's easy. You just run to the open space. No, <laughs> it's not all. It's not about that. You cannot have – the worst thing you can do offensively, I think, if you're downfield in a route, like you don't want to let one defender cover two guys. Like So you don't want to stand on top of anybody's route – and if you watch Patrick or watch Kelsey, especially right here, look at him like he just always is. He's always running hard, but he's never running like 100 percent no. where he's out of control. He's always ready to stop, pivot, whip back out. Oh, you. Oh, I see. OK, you're playing me back. Boom. I'm going to burst in ahead of you and then I'm going to sit down like he just he's a master at it. You're right. He makes it look easy, but it's much, much more difficult than he makes it look. I think, Pat. There's a lot going on. He's got to know what his teammates are doing. He's got to know what the coverage is that they're playing against. He's got to know what the leverage is that they're getting post-snap, pre-snap. It's like his reads are just as much as the quarterback almost. Like, Travis has to know everything that's going on. And obviously, he's an Ohio uh, person. Uh, no, what is it? Folk? Uh, Ohio uh, folk. Yeah, it is. Man, that's, that is one thing that ESPN has ruined. Yeah, that, <laughs> that whole being able to say that that's it other than everything else like that is the one phrase that i am bummed i can't say for two hours every day because it's the perfect descriptor of a group of humans uh that aj is a part of but he's just this ohio folk who happens to be a mastermind when it comes to football in his size in his ability in his hands he's also blocking i feel mm -hmm. like a lot more yep. than he ever has in the past He's up for. He's got to be up at one point for offensive player of the year at some point, and uh, I don't know if it's going to come this year because of all the extra attention with the six commercials and the New Heights podcast being what it is and the Swifties coming in. But like, we need to appreciate the hell out of watching Patrick and Travis play now that we still have it, and who knows how long it's going to continue to last. There must see TV, AJ. Especially with like what Kelsey's doing uh, as far as those Kelsey routes, because obviously he needs to know everything. But Mahomes too, like Mahomes has to kind of wait and see what he's going to do, just because he's not sure whether he's going to sit down or he's going to keep it moving, you know. And obviously has to see who else is open, because I assume at some points it probably is Mahomes on third down, knowing like, hey, I'm going to Kelsey here. I just don't know when, and he has to act like and look around. He's not just going to throw to Kelsey for a first down, even though everyone knows that's what he's going to do. So, like, that little game that they both play is just so ridiculous to watch. Kelsey's shocked. I think it was – go ahead, Diggs. I think, like, Kelsey's – I'm sorry. I can't really see the screen because where the sun is, it'll change. So, I apologize for stepping on you. I think it was, like, Travis's third catch. Patrick Mahomes is rolling to the right, and they showed, like, a replay where Patrick is literally just waiting for Travis to make the decision mm -hmm. on what he wants to do. And then he like settles in going outside where I think the linebacker thought he was going to be going inside. Yeah. It's just boom, another first down, easy to do it. So Patrick knows too, you know, like, all right, I just got to wait for this Ohio folk, folk yeah, to do his thing. 
He's the perfect quarterback for Travis Kelsey. I mean, I don't know how many other quarterbacks would be right for Travis, but whenever they drafted Patrick Mahomes to come to the Chiefs, mm -hmm. and Alex Smith was obviously doing his thing, I doubt that Travis Kelsey thought to himself, oh, this is the perfect quarterback that I'm supposed to play with, but what a match made in heaven over there. Sorry, Diggs. No, no, no. I was just going to add to your – Kelsey, shockingly, is not even in the top 15 for Offensive Player of the Year. And that blows my mind because I don't think anyone besides quarterback is more value that, valuable. Maybe Tyreek Hill. Probably Tyreek Kill and him. But like if the if the Chiefs were to lose Kelsey, like if the if the Dolphins lost lost Tyreek Kill, I think they could they they could figure it out for a little bit. If the Chiefs lose Kelsey, like I don't I don't know what they do without Kelsey. Like as far as a weapon is concerned, I think he's probably the most valuable in the league that's not a quarterback. Well, and think about you know, I don't know how he's going to do with Fauci, but like yeah. when he sits down at the table to debate RFK Jr. Yeah. and Aaron Rodgers, I assume he's going to do well there because he's Travis Kelsey and he's seemingly good at everything. Hey, Ty, great to hear you back, baby. I hey, appreciate uh, it. Appreciate it, Pat. Good to see you, Ty. And Pat, going off your point earlier, too, about Kelsey, like needing to know a, like the entire offense and where everyone's at, there was a point, I think, in the third quarter where he did the same thing. I think it was third down. He went and sat at the sticks and got covered up immediately. And you can see him on the, on the TV copy, like the back copy, pointing over into the flat for Pacheco, like telling Mahomes right away, like, nope, don't come here right now. Pacheco's wide open. He, and Mahomes flips it out to Pacheco. He picks up the first down. It's just like stuff like that where he's also not unselfish to the point where, like, yeah, he, he probably could have just, you know, made some sort of improvisation there to, to get the ball and pick up a first down, but knowing exactly, like, nope, in this situation, you got to go over here and let's keep this thing moving. You want to talk about being unselfish. You think that was a planned hook and ladder there, first completion? Mm. Ooh, I don't think sure. I don't believe so. It didn't look I like wonder it. If it. I think it's built I in wonder maybe. With everyone. I bet certain plays it's kind of built in where if you see, man, I don't know. I don't think so. You know, because old cuz, who is it, Gray, I think? Yeah. Right? I, I can't see the – Yeah, no, Gray, Gray is like – Did they ask he's him about running afterwards? In, he's, he's running at like a perfect pitch relationship. You know what I mean? Like they talk yeah. about quarterbacks and running backs having like a perfect pitch relationship, how far. And some people can't make that pitch, Coach. That's right. And then some people are reminded about 12 – you know, stepsisters and stepbrothers and becoming the, the head of a family at the age of 11 or whatever. Oh, but, yeah. like, it just felt like it was perfect yes. set up for that. And if that's going to become an added addition to their offense, like, just, yeah, random hook and ladders are going to happen. Like, <laughs> what are they doing? They're, they're cheating at football with how good they are right now, AJ. And then, obviously, the Broncos' defense steps up and mm -hmm. holds them in the second half and everything like that. But it's like, what we see from the Chiefs is not normal and I don't know if a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, I don't know how they feel about it. It would be awesome if they have, like if there's certain players that have the freedom to say, hey, if you have the ball and you feel like you got a guy that's, you know, underneath you four or five yard good pitch relationship, you can make it happen. And you feel like it's uh, the risk isn't too bad. And you can, you can pitch that ball. Like I've never heard any offense having that, but I wonder if Kelsey maybe has that kind of power. Yeah. I mean, it's the first drive, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like first, 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 first play. Completion. Yeah, first I mean, yeah. completion. Yeah. I don't know if it was second down or first down. What is it there? I, I can't see it, but like that's very early in the game yeah. to be like, yep, hook and ladder right now. If that doesn't time. go well, imagine if he misses it and they, they Denver picks up, they catch it, and they return it for a touchdown. Like, oh, cool. Here we go. Like, what are we thinking here? What is this ragtag operation we're running? And Travis Kelsey didn't even think about it not going well. Nope. Never. You know, which is a whole other thing. Like, their confidence is unrattleable. I think Patrick Mahomes now has had a couple – situations but yeah. last game 
And then this game mm-hmm. where it's like, that doesn't look like Patrick Mahomes. You know, like that, that, that mm-hmm. isn't a standard Patrick Mahomes, but then it gets right back out of the field. And when they need it, they have it. It's like, they're special, bro. They are absolutely a special bunch. I also think Andy took last night to uh, get rid of some of their trick plays that he didn't think would work because there was a, a, shoot, a few trick plays last night that got shoved up their ass. Yep. I think Andy did that on purpose to show the players, mm-hmm. you know, against the Broncos. Hey, these ones aren't going to work. We'll use them tonight because we don't we don't need anything else tonight. But I think he got rid of those last night too. How about that fake field goal, AJ? Huh? How about yeah, the fake field goal with the brotherly shove? That's a tough one. You know, Winchester, the long snapper. That guy's been really good at throwing balls between his legs upside down for a while. Okay. I I got mad respect for that guy. I don't know how often he trains getting under a D tackle, which is what's kind of needed for the tush push, the brotherly shove. And I I think if you watch the replay, that's where it all kind of crumbled. Because Tommy Tons and the punter, he was pushing. I don't know if you guys seen it. Oh, yeah. He was I saw it. He was pushing the hell out of uh, Gray. Was it Gray? Yeah, again? It, was, it was Noah Gray again. Yeah, I, I think it was Gray again. He was pushing the hell out of it, but it doesn't matter what you're pushing if the center isn't able to get under. Which furthers the point: what the Eagles do with that, yes, and what Jason Kelsey is able to accomplish. This isn't some gimmick; that's a skill. And uh, I appreciate Andy Reid putting it on the long snapper to say you can do what Jason Kelsey does, right? But I don't know. If that's necessarily always going to work out, and obviously last night it did not. Yeah, it's always weird when teams do that. Like if you're going to go for it and you have Mahomes, you would think like, hey, let's yeah. let's have Patrick Mahomes maybe put the ball in his hands, and then you know Andy Reid draw up a play. But do you think that the Kansas City Chiefs weren't rattled because Steve Smith decided to point his guns <laughs> elsewhere and not <laughs> at Kelsey in that in situation? Is that is that why you think that the Chiefs awful. were able to win so dominantly? All right, we'll dive into that here in a second. But to go off your point about having <laughs> Patrick Mahomes on a team and Pacheco and everybody and yes. the run defense that the Broncos have on a fourth and two instead of doing a fake field goal, like when I was with, uh, obviously, the Colts, but at the beginning with Peyton Manning at the helm, and I would play quarterback against our defense in practice. I would also run scout team running back every once in a while. Yeah. I worked out with the linebackers. Like everybody on the team knew that I was pretty athletic. And then I was seeing all these other punters get this opportunity to, like, throw deep balls in the game and, like, throw check downs and then run it. And I'm like, yo, well, how come, right? Like, I feel like I'm a weapon here. I don't know how many guys. I'm seeing these punters complete passes. I can throw the ball just as good, if not better, than all of them. You give me some backup quarterbacks. I think I can sling this thing. I mean, I've been all-time quarterback in the neighborhood since I'm, like, seven, eight years old. Like, what are we doing here? I, I got a nice speech about, hey, <laughs> hey, Pat. Yeah, you're great in practice. We appreciate what you do whenever you're looking at that card, throwing against the scout team and everything like that. Uh, we have Peyton Manning on our team, okay? So if we want a ball to be thrown, it's not going to be you, okay? And I was like, oh, that makes sense, actually. And then, like, also, every game we play, like, we just need you to just kind of get out of the way, all right? So if, if you just punt the ball to their team and they end up with it, that's all we need. So all this, like, how come we're not running fakes? How come we're not doing bad teams do all that stuff? Okay. That's what teams that are desperate and need another possession. We have Peyton Manning. We have Joseph Adai. We have Reggie Wayne. What? We have Dallas Clark. What? We have uh, this through the whole thing. So if we need a play to be made by, by a playmaker, <laughs> we'll have them do it. And I was like, got it. Yes, sir. (laughs) And I walk out of the office and I kind of kept my mouth shut, but it's like all these teams that are willing to roll the dice with their punters and with their field goal kickers. I appreciate, but I don't think I've ever been on a team that has ever had that mindset. 
and I'm not happy about it. Could you imagine me getting an opportunity to put one hand on a cheek and push the shit yeah. out of that guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I would have loved it. I think Tommy Townsend lost his helmet. Now, let's go to Steve Smith. AJ, mm. how do you feel about Steve Smith in Jerry Judy's moment before the game? How do you feel about Steve Smith's promo? And how do you feel about Jerry Judy kind of baiting it all on live and in person? I kind of love every aspect of this. I think Tyreek Hill even commented afterwards, right? He said, hey, I like both of these guys. I like both of what they're doing. And I, I agree with him. Like Steve Smith's promo, which I think we'll run here in a second, when he drops the mic and sends it back to studio and you yeah. see their reaction is a beautiful thing. Jerry Judy coming out, getting all juiced up before the game, dancing behind him is another nice little added wrinkle. And then it just it keeps going. And I, I have a feeling this isn't going to uh, – it's not going to end anytime soon. But I know we do have a clip to run there. Uh, Foxy, if you want to pop that thing up, we saw Steve Smith's – I believe these are his initial comments on the field, right? For a short while ago, yeah. Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy was walking by, and Steve called out to him. I called and he got a different reaction. I called out to him because uh, on my podcast, Cut To It, I just talked about guys that maybe have not um, showed up in a way or in a manner. And so the word that I've used uh, to describe him in the past was a jag, just a guy. Just a guy. And so when I saw him, he's playing well. I wanted to say to him face-to-face, like, hey, I know I said some things in the past I probably shouldn't have, and I'm sorry. That's what I wanted to say to him. His response, <laughs> Mike Rob and Bucky, you can was say, you can ninja. Ninja? Yes, I'm using the word ninja. That's I'm just using the word ninja. Well, I don't mess with it you. Wasn't ninja. And it was a, <laughs> it was a curse word. And so I was like, all right, and then he repeated it. So I'll say it again. I'm sorry that I said you were a jag, just a guy who's an average wide receiver that you're a first-round pick on that isn't doing anything. I hope today that you actually show up in a way that you haven't showed up in the last couple years since they drafted you. So if you ever got a problem with Agent 89, I'm sorry for saying that you're an average wide receiver that they eventually will move on. And when teams call me and ask him, should they trade for you? I will say no, don't trade for Jerry Judy because he's mentally unable to handle constructive criticism from people who watch specifically, can he be a wide receiver? He could be a wide receiver. He's a tier three. Go back into the studio. I'm done now. Thank you. (laughs) What do you think? Unreal. I love it. I love everything about it. I do appreciate the fact that Jerry Judy said, I heard you. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And he didn't just you know, say, oh, it's all good. You're doing your job. You're doing their thing. But also Steve Smith Sr., that's the most Steve Smith Sr. situation of all time. Yeah. I wanted to tell this guy I was sorry. I wanted to. <laughs> but then my brain just wouldn't let me with how he was acting. So he's tier three. He makes it even worse. Uh-huh. Not only just the guy. He goes, you want to talk to me? Okay, I'm already <laughs> certified, pal. My record, my resume already where you will dream to get to. You're tier three. Let's get the hell out of here. And Darius Butler put out a tweet. He was like, hey, listen, let's remember Jerry Judy, South Florida boy, too. So he ain't, you know what I mean? He's not going to just kind of let that fly. I love this. This is good for the game. It's good for the sport. I assume they'll make up and move past it. But a lot of the things Steve Smith said, I think we're pretty, you know, I assume Broncos fans are thinking a lot of the same thing. Yep. Yeah, Russell this- Wilson had a QBR of, what, 10.1 last night. Yep. The yeah. worst QBR that Sean Payton has ever had a quarterback have, I think. 
So I assume Jerry Judy's also wondering about, is this the right situation for him to succeed? Why he hasn't succeeded as much? And I think he's probably excited to get to a new place. But Steve Smith said, I ain't going to help you get anywhere. I'm going to tell people that he shouldn't trade for you, even though Jerry Judy, come to the Indianapolis Colts mm. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Judy had three receptions for 14 yards, but Russell, the quarterback, he was 13 to 22 for 95 yards Jeez. with a touchdown and two picks. So... Not a whole lot of yardage to be had out there if you were a receiver. I'd, we'd have to go back and watch play-by-play on the All-22 if you want to see like how, how many times was Judy actually open and everything. I mean, their offense is just struggling, right, Ty? Well, Terrible. And that's what, like, <laughs> so I, I kept thinking last night that when they hired Hackett, the whole narrative was like, hey, we get Rodgers. This roster is ready to go win a Super yep. Bowl right yeah. now. And by and large, like, it's the exact same team with the exception of Russell's there. And, yeah, they, they're missing a few guys, but, like, how can you be so wrong on that? Like they, they they really thought, hey, if we get Rodgers in here with Hackett, this team is ready to go win a Super Bowl right now. It's the exact same team, and they're arguably the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, and not only did they are they paying Russ all this money, they also gave up a bunch yeah. as far as draft picks and everything Seattle, and players yeah. uh, that they sent to Seattle. So I would, I would say Seattle's pretty happy with the trade at the moment, right, Con? Oh, yeah, they listed out all the draft picks that are now players, and, I mean, they have like four or five starters. Yeah, here's the graphic of it. I believe the uh, – I mean, obviously Charles Cross is a starter, but that guy right below, Mafe, he's like second in uh, pressure percentage in the NFL. Yeah, both tackles are, they got from it. Studs. Yeah, no offense. Yeah. Witherspoon, obviously. Yeah. yeah, like they have multiple starters. And the Broncos just got stuck with Russell Wilson in a massive contract that is impossible to get out of. I believe he's owed like $50 million on the third day of uh, next season's, you know, official days. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this season plays out for the Denver Broncos. But we're going we're gonna to pop out and hit, back, hit some college football now. I think Pat is joined at the desk by a special, special guest. So let's head out to a Husky Stadium. Pat, what do you got going on out there? Ladies and gentlemen, joining me now is a three-time, three-time, three-time NAIA national champion, a superstar wide receiver at one point, and now the leader of the Washington Huskies who hosts the Oregon Ducks tomorrow in the first time that both teams have been ranked in the top 10 in a very heated rivalry. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach DeBoer. Yeah. Hey, boys, you hear the boys, Coach? You hear the boys back in Indy? I can hear them. Okay. I can hear them. We are so pumped that you're joining us because you are – like a football guy through and through. We checked your Wikipedia. You played <laughs> well, you played football until like 1997 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And then immediately after playing, right into coaching. And then you go to high school, then you come right back to coaching college. Yeah. Then you end up winning three championships. Then you go, I think, Indiana, Fresno State, and then now you're here at Washington. And what you've been able to build here has been fantastic. So first of all, we'd like to thank you for what you've done for yeah, football. Okay, that's what you need to know that, Coach. And then also follow up. What is it about your style, you think, that you get the most out of your players? Because I got a chance to chat with some of them. They all love you. They all appreciate you. And is that because you're a former player? Or what do you think it is about your style that really gets the entire team to buy in no matter where you are? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. This is, uh, this is a pleasure, man. And we brought uh, the weather for you. Or like maybe you brought Seattle. the weather. I don't know. It's always like this in We Seattle. even got you to get, be able to take off the other layer. Yeah. Be hey, before I get to answer the question, yeah. we uh, we did some scouting oh. on what your style is. And so. So we gotta we gotta make sure uh, we get that we get the cutoff <laughs> penix for Heisman, the uh, wow. signature bow and arrow. So let's put it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will certainly do that. But why do you think guys yeah. like Penix follow you up here, and why do you think your guys buy in so much to what you got going on? What's yeah, your mindset? I, I think it's I think it just starts with people, you know. And uh, uh, I just love uh, you know 
bringing a team together it starts with the coaching staff and and guys that you know have your philosophy um and and just making this an amazing experience and uh the you know the guys that are here um many of them were here before we got here and uh just them never flinching and them always buying in um i can't tell them how much i appreciate that but uh it's been an awesome journey here um it's been an awesome journey in my coaching career but it really goes back to just enjoying being around people and uh enjoying the journey along along the way so we're from our show is based in indianapolis so that's not too far from yeah. bloomington yeah. so we watched what you and Penix were able to do whenever you're at iu what have you seen from him since then to now that has made it a real conversation yeah. about him winning the heisman and also the most explosive offense in college football right now? yeah i think he's just continued to grow you know in the adversity that's come his way um he's just taking it on and and understanding that you know, I can control what I can control, and that's what I'm going to focus on. And uh, here you are. You know, I think uh, each and every day you can see pieces of his uh, past, you know, and how he's responded and continue to come out. And that includes on game day, you know, when things maybe aren't going your way as a team, um, him rising to the occasion and making the most of the moment and playing in the present. He's lethal. He is. He he can throw it short, long. Um, he's a heady. He's very heady. Um, he's mobile, great athlete. Uh, and so uh, just, you know, he's seen – a all the defenses you can imagine uh, over six years. And so uh, he understands the game and he's got the tools and the skill set to go with it. So you guys score so many points. Normally, whenever you run a buzzsaw type offense or have something like that, the defense is the one who has to kind of pay for it because they're on the field so right. much. Your defense has been very solid. I it, mean, it has been incredible what your defense has yeah. been able to do, especially with what the offense does, because normally in those shootout situations, the defense kind of gets ragdolled with the time on the field and everything like that. What do you guys expect out of Bo Nix and this Oregon offense that maybe your defense hasn't seen? Yeah, no question that, uh, you know, we the opposing offenses we faced, um, they know they got to keep uh, attacking. And uh, so I'm really proud of the way our defense this year has been consistent week in and week out. Um, we've been solid against the run. Uh, we've definitely improved uh, from a year ago against the pass. And uh, we know, you know, we're going to have a great challenge here with Bo Nix and, uh, you know, Oregon coming in here. Um, he's seen you know, through his experiences, uh, you know, a lot as well. And uh, you got a, a guy who's uh, completing a high percentage and, uh, you know, we got to be on our game and we got to do a good job of of uh, understanding our responsibilities and making tackles when we got that chance. Two veteran quarterbacks battling here in Seattle tomorrow. A.J. Hawk has a question for you. Coach, I, I see you guys sitting there in that, that beautiful stadium. What is that stadium going to be like tomorrow? What do you expect from your fans? Obviously, college game day is there. Everyone's very, very excited. I guess, how do you kind of keep your players, how do you kind of keep them under control and keep them cool and calm and collected? You bet. Yeah, we have a, a very veteran group, you know, of players. And so um, from the beginning, uh, whether it was this week or in the past, they've done a good job of just keeping the main thing, the main thing and and uh, taking care of their business. Uh, we love playing in this stadium. Uh, it is a true home field advantage. Husky Nation is proud of uh, what this place is all about when it's loud. And, uh, you know, the pride and tradition of the the program goes back decades. And uh, the environment here, the atmosphere here is uh, something super special. As I was doing my research, AJ, I guess what, 90s? Was it the 90s? Yeah. When Washington yeah. was the wagon? Like Washington and Kirk Herbstreit was talking about this in our production meeting earlier. I guess Washington used to show up with like gold pants. The dudes would all be like shirtless on the field Ooh. and they would win games before it even started. It was like Washington was feared. You're back at that again. Yeah. Have you seen that from That's, the fan base? Is there appreciation, I would assume, for the, the fans? There totally is, and uh, especially the alumni that uh, poured so much into this program and uh, got us to that point and uh, want to con continue to be proud and keep us uh, at the top of the 
of the list in the country. And so, um, you know, our fan base is proud. Um, it's exciting to work together with them. They see what, uh, not just what happens on the football field, but they see the type of guys we have in our program. NIL, how do we have to use it, right? Have to happen. Yeah, it's definitely a part of college football, a car part of college athletics. And so how much do you focus on that? Is that something you have to focus you, on? You have to, you have to, it's part of, uh, what, what goes on and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, there's pieces to even our season this year where, uh, yes, guys re return because of development and the experience that they're going to go through, the moments um, that are super special and the ones we've created. But, you know, NIL is certainly a part of that as well. Tone Diggs has a question for you. He's wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah, Coach, uh, you coming from the offensive side of the ball, your, your whole coaching career and playing career, was this – Basically, the dream scenario when you you come in and you have Penix, and then you have three wide receivers who are all going to be drafted pretty high, probably. Yeah, it uh, it's set up pretty well. I will have to say <laughs> that. So, um, yeah, it's uh, you know when Michael came in, you know the other piece too is not just his skill set, but him uh, having a, a pretty good dose of the offensive system. You know, back in 2019 when we were together, and then that system carrying on. Uh, uh, you know, that he's a part of there at, at Indiana. And, um, you know, when he came in, you know, he was like an extra coach on the football field. And then, like you said, surrounding him with Jalen McMillan, uh, Jalen Polk, Roma Dunze. I mean, those guys are just uh, special. And, and every day they keep getting better. And, uh, you know, I still don't think we've seen uh, what they're capable of. None. We're all trying to push Penix, you know, because anytime you're trying to do a Heisman run, that is kind of the conversation starter. Who's somebody on your team that we haven't talked about who has been a mainstay, a factor in where you guys are right now? Yeah, I mean, those guys that we just mentioned, um, the you know, Roma Dunze uh, just continues to, to be highlighted, uh, you know, but Jalen McMillan as well. Um, you know, I think our offensive line, you know, protecting Michael and uh, just really keeping him clean. Um, he works it, it just very cohesive with those guys and they take a lot of pride in keeping him upright and keeping him clean. Um, but he does, you know, a good job of putting them in spots to be able to be successful with different checks and just, uh, you know, the way he gets rid of the football on time and, and all those things that go along with being an elite quarterback. Connor has a question for you. Yeah, coach, obviously there's been a lot of talk about the Pac-12, especially this year. But when you first came to Washington, did you, were you aware of that possibility of, you know, that, hey, we might not be in this conference forever? And then now that, you know, it, it is official and you guys are leaving and basically everyone is – have you had to sell the travel portion of what your team has to kind of adapt to now that you guys? This is so far out here. So far, <laughs> this is so yeah. far out. It's way. It's beautiful when you get here. Yeah, but it is so far out here, and this is going to be normal to Connor's point. Yeah, going forward, right? Yeah, you know, coming here. No, that was definitely not even in in my sights as far as you know, thinking that we'd be in a different conference in the Pac-12. But um, you know, now that we are, uh, you know, a year from now, going to be in the Big Ten. Um, you know, I. Fortunately, we're in a city that it's easy to get in and out of. I think that's one piece that, um, you know, it, there's some there's some long trips even in the in the in the Pac-12. Uh, you know, going to Arizona, you know, and those trips uh, all the way across from from coast to coast are a little bit further. Um, but we'll adjust, and uh, you know, we'll we'll be ready. We you know we went three time zones over a few weeks ago uh, against Michigan State. You know, and so I think that was a good little How'd test go? test run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shout out Foxy over there. He's a big Michigan. Yeah, State let's not fan talk obviously. about it, coach. Killed him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna do that. Um, I did not know that Washington was this close to Seattle. It's this is a city campus. Yeah. I mean, it is a urban campus, a city campus. And uh, did you what did you know about Washington before you got here? And what do you know now about this particular university? Yeah, you know, we played here when I was at Fresno State in twenty seventeen and uh 
that was coming off of a run that they had in 2016 going to the final four with coach Peterson. And, uh, you know, I just remember the environment being just probably what it's going to be tomorrow and, uh, being really special. Um, got a quick, uh, look at, you know, the scenery while you're coming in and out of the city. Um, it is close. You can get downtown if you want, but I do feel like the college itself is kind of its own piece as well. Yeah, it's like its own part of the city. Yep, it yep. feels like it's right outside, but it is, yep. Hey, these buildings are beautiful on this campus. Nice. We're talking like chapel looking stuff oh. old school it has an old school feel yeah, you guys throwing really fish is. are you throwing fish pat later today i i, I guess there is going to be a fish tossed to me at some point I, have you caught a fish out here yet? i've caught a fish okay what am i doing i'm I, i'm trying to eyeball the head is that what i'm trying to grab <laughs> i just hold on for dear life okay. i mean just be ready it, it's so slippery i, I slippery. fisted a fish before you know a catfish out there in south yeah. carolina i don't think this is the right <laughs> fish to fist no, as I don't think so. you should me. probably no. give it a but, shot though how much have the Pacific Northwest like culture and mindset have you kind of used to your advantage whenever you're kind of trying to pitch guys to come up to a city that I assume not a lot have been to? It's it's huge. You have uh you know four million in the greater area, um, and so you have those those resources that a big city has and those experiences. You know, as far as what you want, and uh, you know the environment uh, is shaped by you know a lot of our alumni do stick around, and so they are passionate dog fans. Um, you know, every Saturday it's about the dogs, and everything leading up to that during football season, um, it's about the dogs. So, um, you know, as far as this area of the country, uh, it, it honestly there's just such good people. If you open your arms up to them, they'll open their arms up to you, and so it's been really easy to fit in. Well, the Washington State fans hate me here. I, I honestly don't know how this is going to go, but I'm I'm thankful that. You know, you're on our show right now. The huh? UW fans love you, okay. just so you know. All right. so you know. <laughs> I was flying out here this morning not knowing how it was going to go. Let's talk about your relationship with some other coaches. Dan Lanning, fiery guy. We saw a speech before Colorado. That obviously went viral. But you two are now the top of a very strong Pac-12. Do you know him? What are your interactions with other coaches? And how does that whole thing go for you? Yeah, you can't help but have uh, a ton of respect for what he's done there in just a short amount of time as well. And, um, you know, just a great young coach. Uh, you know, we do have similar backgrounds coming from small colleges, you know. So um, just other than your your normal meetings that you're a part of, uh, you know, that's that's it. But uh, nothing but respect for what they're what he's doing there with his staff. Sioux Falls guy done good here. AJ, your last question for Coach. Coach, how have you uh, you been able to come in there and instill your culture and everything and win right away? You A lot of times coaches have to get somewhere and kind of recruit their kind of guys that fit their system. How have you been able to come in there and, and really just hit the ground running? And what is your culture? Yeah, I mean, I th again, goes back to people. Um, it just goes back to making this uh, one of the greatest experiences. And it's it starts with football and winning games makes it a great experience, right? So yeah. you got to be competitive on the field uh, to make it super special. But just, uh, you know, when you walk away from college football and this window is so is so tight. I mean, it's four years, five years with the COVID year six, I guess now. Seven, eight. There's a guy playing eight years. Yeah, yeah. Nine, ten, ten what? years as a 40-year-old playing. But, uh, you know, this window is so small, but the things you'll take after it and who you are as a person above and beyond, uh, you know, your years here at UW, um, you know, that's what the, the relationships and all that's, you know, the setup of your career um, beyond football and the National Football League. Uh, that's that's what it's all about. And uh, I have a coaching staff that shares that philosophy, pieces of that philosophy. They all have different personalities. Uh, we gel well together. We tap into each other's strengths. And, uh, you know, ask our players to do the same thing. And, and uh, there was great guys here um, before we got here. And we brought in a few of those uh, that added to the mix. And, again, open arms for everyone that wanted to be a part of it. What happens for the rest of the day here for your team? You guys watch a movie tonight? What does it look like as we – and it's the biggest game, yeah. right? 
your team has had since yeah. you got here? Yeah. Office. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll go through a practice, uh, right behind you here in a little yeah, bit. I've been yelling so. up here. I apologize for any interruption. I'm sure the video cameras will be right there on our, uh, yeah, well, any trick plays, <laughs> put those out early. So yep. we can zoom in on any fakes that you got going but, on. Yep. But, uh, you know, that we have practice and then, uh, there's some meetings later in the afternoon, uh, so, you know, some, some walkthroughs and we'll head over to the hotel this evening and, uh, just kind of lay low. Um, guys like to watch some football. Um, we'll have a team meeting, uh, some, some things like that. So, um, just, uh, the normal schedule. Hey, the Pac-12 is a buzzsaw right now. For its last year, it's putting its best foot forward. Mm -hmm. You guys seem like a team that's going to be able to handle it all. Congrats to you on the success. Thank you for the hospitality, and yeah. it's gorgeous out here. Yeah, it's beautiful. This is the weather every day, huh? Every day. Every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah. 65 days. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Coach DeBoer. Yeah. Coach! Thank you so much, Coach. I know Pat's going to be... Gonna be shaking coach's hand and letting him know thank you so much for coming on there. How do you guys think the game's gonna be tomorrow? Con man. Yeah. Oregon, Washington. Have mm -hmm. you made a prediction? You don't have to right now. We know it's gonna be an electric environment. What do you think is gonna happen? I think Oregon, we have seen them. They, they're they're very big physical team. We all remember them playing Colorado. Yes, bingo. And I, I think we all remember what the general has said. They can beat you on defense, they can beat mm -hmm. you on offense, they can beat you throwing, they can beat you running. So it's one of those things where because of that and because of how Washington's defense is, and granted, they have played well. They shut out the Michigan State Spartans, beat the Michigan shit out State. of them. Whoa. So, so there was that, but uh, I think it's just going to be a shootout. Over, over, over. Bo Nix is 30. Mike Penix is 30. You know? <laughs> Excuse me? Mike Penix. Penix, the Junior. quarterback who is a Heisman candidate right now. Junior. Isn't he, is no, he the best P odds right now? It's Penix the Phoenix. He actually is the uh, yeah. the odds on favorite to, to win the Heisman right now. Dang. Yeah, so I mean with with that and with you know the Oregon side, it feels like Dan Lanning, obviously the man. Uh, I'm just gonna take the over. Points. 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 What, what are the what's this, what's the line? The the spread, the the total, I'll look it up. Has to be I think, 60s. I think AJ, I think it's one of those games where like Listen, everyone's going to get into the red zone. It's can you make it? Yeah, can you hold it? Can you hold sure. it to a field goal? Like, that's, I feel like that's how the, that game's going to go. Yeah. I mean, no question. I, I don't know. I mean, everybody watched Oregon play against Colorado. We know that. But a, a lot of other people, I guess, that are casual fans have not seen Oregon play much other than that. Ty, have you seen him play much? And what do you think of Michael Penix, the quarterback, having a heck of a year? Oregon, not really, because same deal, you know, with how far out they are uh, out there. It's kind of tough to to get them when you got, you know, you're just getting the Big Ten shoved down your gullet in the SEC in, in this area. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think it's going to be good on good. You know, Oregon's defense, obviously. I think Washington, for those who haven't seen them play and only saw Oregon going to play Colorado like Washington's a little bit better than Colorado is so you know I I think it'll be quite the shootout I mean Penix like I saw him a lot obviously when he was at IU and he's just continued to get better and better so I'm I'm very excited for that game tomorrow Pat what do you think I know Pat I think is done talking with uh, coach DeBoer Pat how's it going out there and what do you think about the game tomorrow can you feel like any kind of atmosphere brewing are there any people roaming around how is it yeah so I got here it was like 6 40 a.m you know what I mean? So there Damn. wasn't as much action here on this particular Friday as other places. But as I walked from where our production meeting is uh, to here, any every person I saw, first of all, said hello and how are you doing to me, nice. which is cool. I did, I did not, you know what I mean? I did not know what to expect when I got out of here. Especially in Washington. I genuinely... I genuinely believe that as soon as I landed here, there's going to be people waiting for me saying, welcome <laughs> to hell. Yeah. You know, I, like, I, no, that's, their, that's Washington State, though. These guys love you. Yeah, I just assumed that it was the entire state, though. You know, I mean, that's what it's felt mm. like in my mentions for a while. And then, you know, I mean, that's just kind of how it's all 
kind of gone. But yeah, I think everybody is very excited about what this Washington Huskies team is. And I was just talking to Coach DeBoer right there. So when he was at Indiana, they actually I was actually a part of an announcement of a kicker getting a scholarship at Lucas Oil Stadium. I forgot about that. He just like thanked me for that right here. He said, I never got to thank you in person. You gave our kicker a scholarship at Lucas Oil Stadium. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. That seems like so long ago. But whenever he was at IU, Indiana was starting to make a run in the Big Ten with this offense, with Penix. So whenever they get up and leave and go to Washington, you know, I think a lot of people that are Indiana fans are like, well, why would you ever do that? Then you get here and it's like, it is beautiful. This campus is gorgeous out here. I don't think I fully would have expected that. And then once you start talking to Coach DeBoer, it's like, oh, that guy's going to win everywhere he goes. You know, like he is a football guy through and through. And he also told me that the guy that owns the Space Needle, out here? You yeah. ever heard of it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a UW grad. So he's wow. He's a big part of the program. Someone owns <laughs> so, that? Well, it's, well, not well. The, it's not the city? It's someone actually owns that? I do believe. That's what I just heard. Because he was like, hey, if you go to the Space Needle or if you ever get back out here and want to see some stuff, like UW alum is everywhere. So we'll take care of you or whatever. And I'm like, mm. yeah, I heard like Space Needle is beautiful. He's like, yeah, it's a UW guy if you ever want to. I'm like, you got the guy that owns it. Can't you bungee jump? I think you can like bungee jump off of that. You should try that. That'd be a good seg for a game day tomorrow. Well, see, I was going to keep this with football. Like, I think NIL, they're doing okay. Yeah. I I would assume NIL, they're going to be just fine. And Penix coming back to play football. Penix never said this. The board didn't say this, but he kind of alluded to it. It's like, I think NIL was one of the reasons why he decided to come back. Now, granted, would he have had an opportunity to make an NFL team if he would have won with his talent? Maybe, probably. We'd assume that he would have figured it out, especially with how he can throw. He would have been somebody's backup quarterback scout team. We'll figure that whole thing out. But him coming back another year is certainly because of the possibility to make some money, build his name, might win a Heisman, Mm -hmm. and now they're running the most explosive offense in the entire college football. Now, to your point about what do we expect from the game tomorrow, this is their both first real test, Mm -hmm. both of them. You know, this is, like, I don't think... And DeBoer knows that their offense is going to do well. But I think a lot of people are like, how is this offense that's been able to buzzsaw through everybody going to be able to handle this? Oregon defense is a little bigger, mm-hmm. a little stronger, a little bit more sophisticated. Dan Lanning's defenses are always going to be like that. And on the flip side, for Oregon, it's like, how are you going to handle what Penix and his boys have been able to do to everybody? This is a great – I mean, we're halfway through the college football season. And in the Pac-12, this is like uh, not only a potential Heisman-making moment for both of these quarterbacks, but also like who's the king of the Pac-12 is going to be talked about for the next five weeks off of this game. So I think that's just kind of the feel that I get. And, uh, yeah, I, I think we're all very, very pumped to watch good on good here tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's going to be a true test for both those teams. I think they you never really know where you're at until you face a top-tier opponent like that. So it's going to be fun to to watch it play out. But I want to pivot quickly to the NFL. Some not-so-great news for Cleveland Browns fans. I don't know if you know this, Pat, but Deshaun Watson is already ruled out Sunday Sheesh. against the 49ers. Hmm. I, I I worry, if is this going to be a long-term thing with Deshaun? What did Mary Kay uh, Cabot say? Uh, two to yesterday? six weeks. Two to six? She yep. said two to six weeks is the expectation for a bruise on the Rotate. AC joint. Rotator cuff? Ah. Rotator cuff. Rotator. AC was uh, Anthony AR, I believe, and then rotator cuff yeah. for Deshaun, right? Yeah, but it's a bruise. I've never heard of this. It's hmm. a bone bruise, I guess, happening on his throwing rotator cuff. So I guess a bone bruise, you could see how doctors would approve it and say, yeah, you can play with this because bone bruises I don't think are necessarily the most easy to dissect. It's only on a feel thing, but like this situation continues to be weirder. Now, offense coordinator, I do believe 
before Cleveland came out and talked about how tough Deshaun mm-hmm. was. Yep. Mary Kay Cabot came out and talked about how tough Deshaun was. Feels like that should have been the first thing said whenever we mm-hmm. talked about this yesterday, <laughs> where Coach Stefanski said, the doctor says he's good. Uh, you got to talk to him about this whole thing. <laughs> kind of paints an image of maybe he's opting out. But with what everybody's saying around him, with the appreciation that I assume he has for this opportunity, especially with where his life was, I'm I'm guessing that Deshaun isn't just sitting for no reason, you know. But if that is the case, boy, it's going to get loud over there in Cleveland, AJ. It's it, it's crazy to think. Yeah, I I would imagine, especially with all that Deshaun has played through in his career and everything he's done, we, he's shown that he he's not scared. He, he'll play through a lot of injuries, a lot of pain. So, and he knows like he hasn't fully got to to you know, get himself in there under the helm as the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. He's starting to play pretty well. I know, Connor, we were talking before the show, like Deshaun has shown glimpses of playing very well this year, hasn't he? Yeah, his last game, he was like, I think he missed seven throws, had 282, two touchdowns. I think he had 50 rushing yards. But at this point with Deshaun, like, hey, we see what the 49ers are doing to really good teams. Like, smart. they're they're about to play the 49ers. Yes, I didn't even mention that. Sorry, I cut you off coming yet. I didn't even mention they're playing the – yeah, I might have, but they're playing the 49ers. That's a big deal. They have weapons everywhere you look, offense, defense, special teams. Well, and it goes back And then to, they got a bye? Then they got a bye after that? Yep. Who, Cleveland? Yeah, they just yeah. had they just had their oh, bye. Oh, coming off the bye. So it was – I think it was Raven. Oh. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was – he missed the Ravens game. Bye. Now this 49ers game. Jeez. And if you're, you know, we talked about this with Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord, after the Notre Dame final drive, it's like, oh, this is the hottest he's been. This is the best he's played. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Mm-hmm. And then they have the bye week, and you got to, like, kind of restart that whole thing. And they did in that first half of that game for Ohio State. It's like Deshaun was getting incrementally better. You know, two years out of football with everything yes. that happened off the field that was terrible. He was getting incrementally better, like, now there's going to be a three-week setback almost. Is that going to, you know, are they restarting almost his feel for football because of this injury? Whatever the case, we shall see. But yeah, Mary Kay said that she spoke to doctors and said two to six weeks for a heel of a bone bruise in the rotator cuff, which I've never heard of, AJ. I've never heard of They it. actually have the Colts next week. So that's, if he mm. comes back, it'll be for the Colts. Uh, you don't want game. that, Deshaun. <laughs> you don't want that. Not with the Forrest Buckner, Quiddy Pay, Zaire Franklin, and the boys buzzing around. Take another week off, pal. Now, who they got back it up? It's PJ, right? Yeah, yeah PJ, PJ Walker yep. starting. He's a good player. He is for the Cleveland Browns. Mm. What? Whoa, what, are you, what, what do you mean, Conway? Uh, I mean, what are you talking about? Look, I, he hasn't played good ball in a long time, my friend. Yeah, yeah, what's I, a long time? I agree. He's bad for Chicago. We have seen what has happened to these quarterbacks Boys. who did well in the preseason. Okay, and PJ Walker, I don't know if you can put him in that category because he got cut. So I'm just saying, we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers here, and we're we're talking about PJ Walker. It's it, it's a little skewed, I think. Former XFL MVP. Deal? That's a good what's question. That, what's, what is Stefanski's deal? What do you mean? It's not very coachless. Why do he say what he said? Like he, we're staring down three weeks now of this guy missing football. He's the highest paid player in the history of the NFL. Every Browns fans knows that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. The Browns fans weren't allowed to be open fans of Deshaun Watson <laughs> signing to their team for a while. Yeah. You know? And now like Stefanski saying, doctor said, yeah, he's known. He's missing another week. It's like, it's all bad optically, especially for a bunch of Ohio folks. Folk. Who, and Dick Good, that's folk, I said. I think you muted a couple of these earlier. F-O-L-K is what I'm saying, yeah. uh, Dick. Ohio 
folk is what I'm saying. Tough, right? Ohio prides itself on being super duper tough. Like that is one thing that I think Ohio folk really take to their core is like we're a tough group of people. So I think just like the rollout announcement of the cleared but not cleared by himself thing kind of puts him in a hole that he's already kind of been in. And I guess none of this matters if he comes back and balls out. But like this is slowly becoming a big, pretty big story, it feels like. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a story. Another story before we uh, we hit the hard out. And then we'll have uh, Lane Johnson, Artie Smith in the, in the second hour. Michael Lombardi will join us at 220 Day. Stick around if you want to see that on YouTube, ESPN Plus, everything else. So, Pat, hate to bring up even more bad news, but oh, no. West Virginia, heartbreaker last oh, night, man. I know man. even Boston Connor tweeted something out after they scored. Oh, congrats. Awesome. Here we go. Houston, unbelievable. Hail Mary. Just absolute heartbreaker after West Virginia Mountaineers. Looked like they had scored the touchdown, win the game. Here we go. Everything's great. Oh, no. Keep your helmet on. Let's not have a penalty here. And watch this West Virginia boom. What a beautiful dart here. Perfect. Touchdown. What, 12 yeah. seconds left? Yeah, 12. Yeah. Yeah. 14, 13, 12. Touchdown. Mm. Hudson Clement, who is a former walk-on for West Virginia on full scholarship because he went for like 180 early in the year. The guy clearing the path there, six foot seven tight end called Taylor. He's an absolute dog. He had a massive game. Garrett Green right there with that completion goes over 350 yards wow. passing. Two touchdowns. Oh. One pick. The defense is normally incredibly stingy. 12 seconds left. They zoom in on Dana Holgerson on the sideline, seeing a team that he used to work for get a massive touchdown late to take the lead. Everybody that's a West Virginia fan was watching this, knowing that we won the game. We sent Dana Holgerson and these stupid Houston Cougs home with an L on. And then this happens. Then we don't have our six foot seven tight end back there. Okay, just Coach Neil Brown. I've been trusting to climb. You guys have been doing great. Four and one could have been five and one. We don't have a six foot seven guy that we have on our team back there to bat the ball down. Nobody's going up trying to get the Brock down. Seems like they haven't practiced any Hail Mary defense. But anytime one of these is connected, you would think it's electrifying. This was heartbreaking. <laughs> this was soul snatching. This was an incredible win for Houston and a devastating loss for West Virginia. And Garrett Green had his breakout game. And now it won't be talked about because we're just four and two. And that's Houston's first Big 12 win. And I think it's the first win for new Big 12 schools taking on old Big 12 schools, which adds insult to injury, obviously, AJ. I mean, this that last play, it is heartbreaking. If you watch, I mean, heck of a job by Houston. You tip it. You have a couple guys facing there. You just got to get them boxed out if you're West Virginia. Get some bodies. We have a six foot seven guy, (laughs) AJ. We have a six foot seven guy who can catch. Why is he not on the field? Yeah. Can you see him? Where is he? He's on the sideline celebrating with Garrett Green. It's like, hey, what? We're not celebrating yet. And then also, there was a penalty on Garrett Green, which they never showed. Took his helmet off, right? Is that what it was? Made us kick from the 20. Yeah. They squibbed it, too. What do you think about that squib? What are we doing? What are we? I, 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 there was a lot of questionable uh-huh. decisions there at the end, but that 15 yards is huge. That's a huge deal because then they run one play, they get near the 50. That's in every quarterback's range. It's like if you add another 15 yards to that, are they able to get close enough to have this good? We don't know. There's a lot of ifs and buts, but if ifs were fifths, we'd all be drunk. Hell yeah. And instead of being happy drunk, West Virginia was miserable drunk, and Dana Holgerson got the house. 45 Red Bulls with a dub last night after that play. West Virginia's all right. They go to what four and two now. We uh, what? Did, how many wins did uh, your uh, your your cohort Kirk Herbstreit give them before the season started? 
Two, I think. Yeah, he, two two. he said he would Did do. He, really say he, two? he said he would do anything if they won six games. So he was definitely taking the under. So he's yeah. We don't away. know what the anything was, but we were going to explore the space. Bingo. What <laughs> anything? It could happen. be we so many in things. Ohio. It could still happen. Yeah, definitely can still. Yeah, you're happen. damn right. It's going to happen. The boys are only rallying stronger. I heard the trip back to Morgantown last night was tough. Not a good one. No, oh, I, yeah, I heard it was not. Yeah. The thing about traveling back to Morgantown too is you only have to. Yeah, I mean it was because at that point the Thursday night football game on Prime was getting kind of boring. Yes, so you go over to that West Virginia game it was electrifying. Like it was an electrifying game. Obviously, you see the score. That was the best the West Virginia offense has oh. done in years. They're amazing. So it was like a, it was awesome to kind of we were supposed to win that one, and just like classic college football, not so fast, my friends. A tipped hail mary. Ah, ah. Congrats to Houston. It might be Connor's fault, to be honest, because when we were at Texas, Oklahoma, he was talking about how there is 0% chance that Hail, Mar Hail Mary's work, and then, you know, here it comes. Yeah, I mean, it might be my fault, and I've said some very, very, very terrible things about West Virginia and their football team, but they were unbelievable. Like, what, what isn't shown in those two highlights is that it was 35-24 to 24 with, like, three minutes left, Yeah, and they came all the way back for that to happen. That does sting because that was great. It wasn't game. supposed to happen, Connor. No, no I, I had a tweet. Bro, I had a tweet just like everybody else. I had it up. I actually screenshotted it before I hit send. I was like, Garrett Green's a dog. Yep. West Virginia's back. What? Everybody can suck it. <laughs> and then right before I hit send, that ball's tipped up into the sky. Oh, no. <laughs> and then it's caught. And I'm like, let me X out of this, I guess. <laughs> Jeez Louise. And it was like, just kind of had to take it in for a moment. Like, what just happened? And that's college football, baby. That is what college football is. Nailed it. It's yeah. what we're talking about Woo! all day, every day here. You can see Pat joins us from beautiful Husky Stadium. Pat, I believe during the commercial, were you hyping somebody up? Is somebody on the field there? What's going on? Yeah, so the boys have started their uh, practice here. I believe it's a walkthrough, and uh, they were in the middle of doing, like, their jumping jack things. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they are all looking this way, so I started, and I think I got a couple barks out of the dogs down there. <laughs> <laughs> very hospitable bunch here. I did not expect this, but I'm very, very grateful to be here, and I can't stress this enough. I didn't even bring sunglasses. I'm coming to Seattle. <laughs> it is perfect over here. Wow. It is, it is like 75, it feels like. Sheesh. Not a... It's beautiful. This is amazing, and... Uh, their walkthrough is very spirited. It feels like a confident bunch out there, AJ, mm. as I'm yelling mm. and screaming over top of their entire practice. Yeah, is your, I would assume your voice is echoing off all the bleachers out there for them. So last time at Duke, they had me right on the sideline, if you do recall. This time we're up at a concourse, which is good. On the sideline, I think my voice did go off of the, the seats right back in everything that was happening. Here, I'm kind of just yelling into space. That's good. So I'm not exactly interrupting. But if I turn around and go, hey! Hey, hey. They are definitely here. You know what <laughs> nice. I mean? I think the dogs are they barking, are barking back? back yeah, well. they're barking yeah, back, I, I would assume. Yeah, those dogs are barking. Those dogs mm -hmm. are barking for sure. And uh we'll see if they're able to bark tomorrow against the ducks. We shall see, AJ. Yeah, we we shall see. That's a great transition, Pat. Actually, someone whose dogs are not barking. I don't know if you know this. Aaron Rodgers, he was seen on film walking without crutches from some footage from the Jets, from somebody. I'm not sure who who put this out. Maybe it's one Jets drive or whatever. Yep. But I think uh, if we have this, we can probably pull it up. Foxy has it somewhere. There was an unbelievable situation where I guess Aaron's in the locker room. This had to be when he went back for the game 
I would assume, right? Yeah, had to be. That we saw, yes. but he's walking without crutches, which was a bit surprising, a bit worrisome for a second. But you realize, hey, he's got his protocol. I assume that they're okay with everything going on. Foxy, we can run that whenever we we want to. But Pat, check this out right here. Watch who comes into the screen here. Yeah, remember, AJ, he said there was uh, some symbolism to him walking into that place. Didn't want to go back until he could walk. So seeing this video from One Jets Drive, the New York Jets digital team, it's like this is all he wanted to do to show the boys that he's still there. Now, this is what, three weeks after an Achilles tear? I don't think anybody's ever seen this before, no. but this is all he was chatting about. I don't want to go back in a locker room until the boys can see me walk. And we were all surprised on the sideline when he was kind of crutching around and throwing the ball. But him walking like that, obviously good for him. He said there was no setbacks, but they're like defying all medicine, I think, with this particular Achilles rehab, AJ. That's what I kind of took from this. Yeah, it does seem it does seem that way. I know he has a team of all kinds of people that are making sure he's well, doing he gets things paid. the right way. He gets paid so much money. That's yeah. right. You know uh -huh. what I mean? So, yeah, he can afford to, to hire those people, correct? Those hokas? Yeah, I'm probably paying for this rehab that he's doing yeah. right now, right? Are we you paid for that paid outfit. For that outfit's probably $12,000 you paid for. That it. necklace. Oh, we paid for it. Not just me. We, remember, the team <laughs> did that. But that was obviously big-time storyline. But, yeah, I, I didn't even think about looking at his pants. We're all talking about him walking around. We paid for those pants. Yeah. That's an awesome. Hey, look at us. We're part of it. Hey, we we're part of this Hey, was he wearing one of those shoes that the one heel is like nine inches and those the other Hoka. one's only two? I think two? those were Hoka's. Or those Pat's Hoka's or Skechers that you usually wear when you when Hoka. you fell over. Hoka. I know you had a hard time standing up sometimes Hoka's on those Hoka's. They're not Skechers, okay? Zeno popped in my ear with that. Sorry about that. Skech it could have been Skechers. We never know. Is there a giant heel on this or no? Those are it's not Skechers. We know it's not Skechers. This ain't. The Tony Romo Skechers, okay? <laughs> this is probably the Ooses Hoka's, if I had to guess. And if you want some comfort on your dogs, on your feet, there ain't nothing better than six to seven inches of foam that you can walk around on. And that's what those Hoka shoes are. Him having that little boot foot boot thing, though, was on there as well. You know, it's I assume that their Achilles factory they got over there created this thing for him to be able to do this. But it is... It's a modern marvel that he's been able to do this because my entire thoughts on Achilles, and I think this has been everybody's thoughts, is like, yeah, you're not putting any weight on that thing for months, AJ. And here he is just weeks later walking, and yeah, I'm thinking he's still going to be able to get back this season if he wants to and if the season goes that way, which makes no sense at all, and I'm happy for him. He had to be pumped whenever that was all taking place. You know, he was rubbing it. He said, what, you surprised? He said to a couple guys, mm -hmm. yeah. he said, you surprised? It's like, uh yeah, we're surprised that you tore your Achilles three weeks ago and you're walking around, Ty Schmidt. Yeah, it's I mean it's insane. Like, and you also part of me wonders too. Like, I hope he has enough mobility because even right there, it's like it's so ginger, and, and it, you're thinking like, oh, it's kind of weird. But then you have to remember, like, hey, this guy should be on one of those little cart things for the next. Like, should be non weight bearing. Four, I think four to five non weight months. bearing for eight weeks at least. It, I think exactly. Right? And I think I was kind of you know like in my heart of hearts, it was like, yeah, I hope he can come back at the end of this year and play. But you're just realistically thinking he's 39 years old. Like no one's ever done it. Is he actually going to be able to do it? I'll be. I mean, he, he's going to. He's going to play this year. Now you just got to. Okay. If you're a Jets fan, you just got to hope that they can tread water for long enough for him to get back. Pat, what do you think? You uh -huh. think he actually plays this year? Duh. Da. Let's say there, there. It looks like, hey, yep, they're making the playoffs. Here we go. What do you think happens with him? I mean, if they're making the playoffs and going on a run, and a team looks like they can win, which we've all thought before the season they were going to be able to. I mean, why not? 
You know, it's a long season. There's a lot of weeks still left. There's numerous months where he can continue to get better. He's walking around. Will it look different when he's out there? Will Hackett make the changes like, hey, we're going in a shotgun. You're not going to have to move much, but you're still going to be able to be cerebral and throw the ball around. I think that's what Aaron's hoping for. And obviously it would be a incredible story if it was to take place my head's getting chopped off i think i don't know if this screen not no, you look no. good you look good on our You're screen good. oh yeah that's that happens to me sometimes at home where i'm don't look like i do Bro, on this, the screen that's what I, I, this cameraman has been fantastic but like the views behind me here i don't i don't like the look at myself oh, right there i like yeah. that yeah Roll. looks this fake. place it does look fake. But anyway, so let's get back into it. Don't be scared to showcase the views yeah. here, sir. You're incredible at what you're doing. Um, but like, if he was to get back, I think we would chat about it forever. But mm -hmm. it would look vastly different. It obviously wouldn't be the Aaron Rodgers that we know and have seen over the last 18 years with four times MVP with the way he's moving. But hopefully Hackett would make the change. I still feel like it's a long shot. But I mean, hey, that's the goal in the Achilles factory for him. Let's do that. You see this news that just came into the... Group text AJ, not good about one of our guys. Oh, no, Brad. All pro guard, Joel Batanio. And obviously, the Browns are already dealing with the quarterback situation with Deshaun Watson out another week. All pro guard, Joel Batanio, who has started 102 consecutive regular season games. You're talking about an Iron Man, a dog, if you will. Underwent a knee scope during the bye week and will be out for Sunday's game against the Niners. So Cleveland won't have Deshaun or Batonio, and going against the Niners, not having one of your best offensive linemen, not good news. All signs are pointing at the dog pound having a rough day against the team from San Francisco. And obviously, Joe Batonio, Godspeed, pal. We're big fans of Paisano right. and everything he does. But that's yeah. devastating news for that Cleveland Browns team is already going through it, AJ. Yeah, and Conklin. Conklin's been out. He he blew his knee out immediately during the season. So now they're down two of their best linemen, and they're going – I mean, the Niners might beat the Browns by 200 points. Uh, uh, is there any way we don't have to play this game? <laughs> I'm concerned about the safety of the quarterbacks and running backs on the Cleveland Browns' team right now. The only good so, thing, though, for Batonio, Pat, is that he got scoped on the bye. Like, sometimes that's a two- or three-week thing. I don't know if they repaired the cartilage or they removed it. That all depends. But that it, he'll be back on the field sooner rather than later, most likely. So let's just go through it there. Batonio, Conklin, Deshaun, Chubb. Yep. Yep. Right? Boom. There's yeah. four. And Joku's, and Joku's somehow still playing mm -hmm. through – what he went through, but it's been a lot of adversity for this Browns team. You know what I mean? A lot of adversity thus far. And I think we all had super high hopes, but sometimes the football gods operate in their own way. That, that line has moved nine points uh, this week from one Jeez. to 10. It's still only yeah. 10 points. Yeah. Only that 10. feels like a good number. That yeah, feels like a good number for us. Last night was 10 and a half, bro. I uh -huh. know. That's what uh, unbelievable, too, Huge. that they cover by one. <laughs> what? They win by 11. Like, come on. Now, Bucker kicks a 60-yarder in swirling win, and then he kicks a 52-yarder in swirling. Like, that shouldn't happen. Oh, AJ, you were mad at Bucker yeah, last night. You know, you no, I was mad. happy. I was happy for him as a like human. It. But I'm sitting here thinking, hey, this is the greatest situation possible. When I picked the Broncos here, 10 and a half, all right. And then they win by 11. Like, what are these, what are these bookies? Well, then. You know what is crazy about these games that have been incredibly boring for the NFL? Yeah. It's always like two scores. It's like it's always two scores. Like that thing's 16 zip, and then they score, and then they get the two-point conversion. It's like, yep. could you imagine the Broncos win this game? Yeah. Like they could. That popped right they, in my they, head. They, Instantly it popped in my head. I'm like, this is amazing. We was supposed to be 10 and a half. Let's go win this thing, Broncos. What happened? Oh. But you got breaking news. Uh -oh. Pat must have some kind of super breaking news. 
No, I lost all sound there for about two seconds. I think it's because I uh, <laughs> I fingered something on my thing. I, I could not hear what you were saying. Only breaking news I have is that the Huskies, a lot of motion. They just ran a lot of motion. I don't want to give any competitive yeah, advantage yeah, yeah. away, but five sure. guys just want motion for one play. Oregon, look out. They have the punter playing quarterback right now here at uh, <laughs> at, at this Husky, Husky Stadium. A lot of pre- yeah, I couldn't hear anything you were saying. A lot of pre-snap motion and shift. I think we're waiting on Lane. He'll be on here pretty shortly. Lane Johnson will be joining us, obviously. Unbelievable tackle. Philadelphia Eagles, super tough guy. Can't wait to see what uh what his thoughts are on, on everything going on this season and the expectations what? placed on the Philadelphia what? Eagles. I want to hear what he has to say about like the um, the tush push last night with them putting a long snapper in the middle of that entire thing. Yeah, you know because obviously the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. If you're going to have one of them on, you got to talk about the brotherly shove. And Lane Johnson has been a mainstay on that line for a long time. Super Bowl champion for that offensive line. I'm excited. We talked to Kelsey about it. Let's talk to Lane Johnson about it. But also, how about Philadelphia just becoming this team that just wins? Like, that's what they do. They just win. There's not a lot of fanfare now. They're undefeated. Who cares? The Niners, the Cowboys are potentially going to be up and down. When you talk about everything else going on, all the Eagles do is just win. It's almost like they're being treated like Alabama or Georgia have been treated for a long time. Like, how is it in the locker room? How are they dealing with that? And do they care? You know, that's the big question. Do they care? Do those Johns care about the water that is being talked about with the Philadelphia Eagles now, which is lukewarm, who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. I mean, that's the, they set the standard. Like, the standard is the standard now in Philly. And I think also, at the same time, don't you think their they're fans and everyone, they know, like, hey, our season starts in January. Like, we, yeah, this is cool. This just sets us up. But it's like the Patriots were for the last 20 years. Yeah. I feel like how it's going right now as we pop up the odds to win the Super Bowl. But we're going to get quickly out there to Pat, to, uh, sorry, Pat, to Lane. We know Lane is with us. Eventually, he'll be joining us. I know Zito, let's pot him up, everybody. <laughs> Please welcome Mr. Lane Johnson. Yay! Sorry, we're directing some traffic through there. Trying to direct some traffic right there, Lane. Pat, don't worry about it. Lane, how you doing, buddy? You look great. Ooh. Uh, 13. 13. Oh, need to get an upgrade. Uh, need to get an upgrade. Just, yeah, just got home from practice. Um, yeah, just getting ready for the Jets this week. Yeah, doesn't hey, matter. Lane, a whole lot. Go, Pat. Hey, Lane, you look amazing, first of all. Great to see you. Uh, thank you for joining us. I'm out here in Seattle. Okay, I'm in Seattle. It's gorgeous. It's a different time zone, different area. But I want to talk about what's going on in Philadelphia, obviously, with you. Lane, did yeah. you see? did you see the specialist last night? Try the uh, brotherly shove. Did you see Tommy Townsend, the punter, getting that right hand on that left ass cheek and go ahead and shove Gray? Did you see the long snapper, Winchester, stand straight up and get mauled by a couple D tackles? Have you guys appreciated (laughs) the conversation around the brotherly shove? Or do you guys still think that there isn't enough respect and credit being given to what your offensive line has been able to do? I don't know. It's like the quarterback sneak has been around forever. It's like the my pillow guy. You know, we had we've had a pillow for years, and this guy's coming in like it's you know a new damn thing being invented. And uh, that's where we're at here, Pat and, and AJ. It's uh, yeah, man. Hey, we're wedging down in there. We're 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 moving our feet, and hey, we're we're better at it than the most. And it's like, uh, should it be illegal? Hey, probably. But hey, I don't know. If Pat can hear him. Pat, can you hear uh, Lane anymore? No, I, I assumed it was me that couldn't hear a damn Sorry, thing. Sorry, Lane, I can't hear you. I don't know if you can hear us. We cannot hear you at the moment. We might have to call you back or unmute you. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to Lane. We'll figure that one out. We'll we'll call him back. But, Pat, are you surprised he said it probably should be? 
should be banned. Yeah, I was about to say, and then I heard, I thought what Lane, classic Lane Johnson, I thought he was about to give a kiss our ass or something, yeah. you know, and then yeah. it just cut out completely, which is a damn shame. He was about to finish that. But it is, I like the fact that he said this quarterback sneak thing has been around for a long time. And then now all of a sudden it's a big deal. Now all of a sudden because it's not good, good because like, there's, we're too good. Because there's one team that has a quarterback that squats like 600 pounds, and there's a a center that has the ability to get two inches off yeah. the ground and get under anybody in the entire offensive line that goes. Lane Johnson, join us again, hey, baby. Yeah, Lane. Hey, Sorry, Lane. Yeah, Lane. Come um, on. Were you about to were you about to say kiss our ass there at the end of that entire thing? I, I we couldn't really tell. We we're just trying to watch your facial expressions. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah, man. We're just we're. I mean, we're, we're dumpster diving and, and we're just, we're really good at it. And I mean, we've been stopped a couple of times, but other than that, I mean, yeah, our center's getting low or, you know, our left guards listed at 340, but probably at 360, our left <laughs> tackle, you know, he's listed at 360, but walks around at 385. So, Hey, there's a lot of, there's a lot of human, you know, going in that one direction. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Lane, do you guys well, ever God. practice it in one on ones on ones in practice, like even in training camp? Because I'm thinking that'd be very uh, beneficial yeah. to your defense yeah, there's, too. There's, yeah, there's usually like a goal line session, like once a year. Um, That's it. You know, it's usually like first day, usually like the first day of pads. Yeah, we're, we're doing you know doing the Snoopy play, but yeah, I mean this really started. I feel like you know last year, two years ago, and we started getting good at it, and then the numbers kept increasing, and and the more complaining, you know. Starting coming down and and hey, it's it's steadily on the rise. The stock's up. If you ain't got haters, you ain't popping, you know. And the brotherly yeah. shove has become something that a lot of old whites have hated. But we enjoy the amount <laughs> of meat that is kind of moving a yard or two. Let's talk about your Philadelphia Eagles team, Lane. Yeah, I know you won a Super Bowl a couple years back, but then a full rebuild takes place. You guys are undefeated, yeah. but nobody's talking about you. Just expect it. Is that what the is that what the conversation is in the locker room too? Like everybody's like the Niners. Look at what the Niners are doing, and then the Cowboys are the conversation. Philadelphia Eagles in a Super Bowl last year, undefeated. Everybody's like, yeah but they're not the same. Do you guys hear that? Yeah. And how do you kind of move past it all? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, we have a lot of expectations on you. You can become distracted. So I feel like we've done a good job with our focus. Um, yeah. Other than that, just, uh, I feel like, you know, we, we've had some problems in the red zone. So the points should be probably higher than what they are and the games are more competitive than what they need to be. So uh, from that standpoint, we've had struggles there. But other than that, man, our, our defense is playing really well. Um, a lot of young guys stepping up and and really um, hopefully we can put those red zone issues uh, to bed. Yeah, you got a lot of season left to figure it all out. You guys are undefeated. Uh, seems like everything's good over there with you guys, uh, except for when Jason Kelsey's losing his mind on the sideline. Like, Whoa. is everything okay? Like, I, I heard the team is splintering uh -oh, at the seams uh -oh. is this is this okay did you guys have to go talk to jason and is coach sirianni okay with jason yelling in his face what is this like <laughs> you see me on the bench just staring i mean I'm, i sit next to him <laughs> in meetings so my job is uh you know when the dog uh, gets off gets off the leash and uh, runs amok you got to go reeling back in so uh that's really it with him but no he he does man i feel like the older he's gotten the the more quick tempered he's gotten but, you know, it's all out of love and, and passion. Um, you know, that's why why he's been so good for so long, because he cares. But, yeah, we're trying to, uh, yeah, trying to dampen it sometimes. Touchman has something. <laughs> Lane, just curious. I think I, people talk about it all the time when there's multiple, you know, good franchises in the same city. But with, like, what the Phillies are doing right now, you guys coming off a of Super Bowl and how much success you've had in the past, like, 
Can you feel kind of the momentum in the city? And is that something you guys can use on Sundays, like going into games? Like it feels like Philly's on top of the world right now. Yeah, I mean, we both had similar endings last year, um, you know, in the big game and lost. So um, to like kind of a lot of pent up frustration, uh, you know, like both teams, we knew we had a lot of talent coming into the season, but uh, good to see them win last night. And uh, yeah, man, they're playing lights out. So, um, you know, hats off to them. Hey, Lane, how beautiful does, does it look where Pat is right now? You see he's got this Penix sweatshirt on. He keeps trying to get the uh, the cameraman to, to zoom out because he wants to show it. There it is, right there. That's why I well, want to get to him. They, they need to get him some sunglasses. I've just been seeing him squint for the past five minutes. Can we get the man some sunglasses out there? Lane, there's uh, laws over here that might be affecting how open my eyes are as well. I mean, that's something to think about. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, yeah, yeah. So there's a little bit of that potentially in there. But, yeah, I didn't even bring the sunglasses. We're coming to Seattle. I assumed it was just going to rain the entire time. It is beautiful out here. You Have you played at Seattle? What's the best stadium you get to play at? What's the best environment that you have uh, kind of experienced yourself? Seattle's cool. I just feel like every time I played them, we've uh, we've lost. And uh, it's that damn Chris Pratt. Every time we've been there, he shows up and it gets rocking and we end up <laughs> losing. So uh been a few years ago, but we got to see them later. But no, uh, Seattle's definitely cool. Hey, Lane, you jump off sides every play. Is that is yeah. that true? Hey, the hundred meter yeah. dash, man. If you if you're late off the off the uh, snap, you're you're not going to win that gold medal. So hey, it is what it is. How'd you feel about the conversation about that? That obviously started on opening night as Jones was getting to jump, and then the whole world started talking about it, and then you became one of the points because you have those fresh white shoes on, and that thing is up. Hey, that's what it's I, almost I, like. I need, I, you put your leg up like this and yeah. you're taking your step. You know what I mean? It was like, it is unbelievable. Like like yeah, it really pudding. is. But how how close are you trying to get there? And has a ref ever tells you, or is that every week where they're like, hey, you're getting a little bit too yeah. close there? Is there an art to it? Yeah, no. I mean, there's sometimes uh, that I have been early that there should have been uh, false starts called. But it's like the one advantage that I do have over the defense is that I know the snap count, our cadence. So it's like, and I've been with this guy for 11 years, so it's like, hey, I should be decent at it because I've had a lot of reps. But, yeah, man, I mean, for for tackles in the DN, I mean, usually when you see a sack or a sack given up, a guy's late um, or the deep, or the uh, the DN has a has a great jump. So it's like, you know, that it's a game within a game. Tone digs that. And it's tough because if I'm late, you're, you're, you're beat. And if you're too early, you know, penalty. So it's, you know – you got to be right there in sequence. Well, not this year. You guys are cheating all of you. Tackles are cheating every single <laughs> week. Ridiculous. Diggs, what do you got? Yeah. Lane, does how much does that have to do with – I just saw a stat yesterday. You haven't given up a sack since week 11 of 2020? Is that – Hey! Jeez. baby! Woo! Good work. Uh, yeah, I've had some almost sacks. There was one last year. Um, I got beat inside pretty clean, and Jalen ducked uh, and got out of it, but – yeah, other than that, um, not too many hiccups. How? But. How are you that consistent for good. real? Like, that's very, very difficult. To uh, well, a lot of it means the quarterback, I feel like. Um, I mean, even though, I mean, I'm one-on-one a lot. I feel like when you look at the tackles, Jordan and I are usually number one and number two as far as, like, on the island. But I feel like when you rush a quarterback like Jalen, like, sometimes, like, teams that are heavy on games or run a lot of twist stunts, they don't want the quarterback to break and tame because he can make plays with his legs. So it's like. Sometimes you get different rush approaches from the defense. So, um, but other than that, I tell you, it's, it is pretty hard out there. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's like playing defensive back, except these dudes can run through your face. 
uh, and not get you know not get any uh, penalties for it. So yeah, man, it's it's tough. Uh, and the, and the Jets this week really, I feel like the Jets this week really have one of the best D lines in the league. Yeah, that was being talked about all offseason, obviously, with hard knocks. Yeah. It was Aaron Rodgers was getting a chance to join top three defense, and their D-line was obviously spectacular. Can't yeah. wait to see how you handle it. Let's, let's talk about the quarterback, though. Let's talk about Jalen. Yeah. What have you seen from him this year that maybe you haven't seen from years past, and what is the development like in between your relationship and how he's kind of owned the offense? Yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty quiet, but, um, you know, he works, and, uh, you know, usually he's the guy's breaking it up at the end of every practice. Uh, but for me, I just feel like he's done a good job of kind of ignoring the offseason, ignoring, um, you know, obviously the big contract and all that, but the endorsements and, you know, a lot of people coming his way. So I feel like he's done a good job of concentrating and blocking that out and and really just uh, concentrating on football. But, yeah, for him, um, yeah, I mean, we're we're deficient in the red zone right now. That's one thing that we talked about as offense. But um, all I know is that he's throwing the ball to AJ out there. Hey, we got some good things going. So, um you know, he's done, done really well. What can you do? You mentioned that in the red zone. Every team kind of feels that way, I feel like, at times throughout the season on offense. Yeah, we can move the ball, move the ball, but how do we actually score touchdowns and not kick field goals? Is there, like, what can you do offensively in practice to where, like, okay, here we go, guys. Now we got it. Let's do this. Yeah, uh, well, I think a lot of our plays, um, you know, um, receivers running, you know, 15, 20-yard uh, routes. And so, so sometimes it may be longer progressing. And then when you get into a blocked-off section of the field, it changes all that. So it may, may mess up the timing a little bit. So it goes to that. And then, um, you know, I think if we do a good job run blocking, we can help that uh, case too. So I feel like we've we've had games where we've been really good. Um, and then there's games where it's kind of inconsistent early, and then we, then we lean on the pass game. So we have Shane Steichen out here in Indianapolis now. Obviously, you guys yeah. had a lot of success with him, and now Sirianni's calling plays. Have you got a chance to like catch on to Sirianni's trends versus Steichen's trends? And what do you think about Coach calling the plays now? Yeah, um, I mean, I think him and Brian do a good job of communicating throughout the week, and really, I think just a lot of you can learn a lot from Shane. I feel like Shane does a good job of putting guys in good positions and, and playing to the strengths of players. Um, I mean, you can look with kind of what he's done with Indianapolis whenever Anthony's in there and then Gardner comes in there and, you know, they're still playing really well. So I think that's a testament to, to Shane. And then, uh, yeah, just piggyback on that. I think, uh, you know, Nick and Brian have really done a good job of um, getting together and really uh, putting together a, a good game plan each week. And it's been a lot more consistent. I don't want to pivot away from the Eagles, but you mentioned it. Hey, Gardner mentioned yeah. a dog, huh? You know, hey, Gardner, hey, he's a guy. It really feels like he's a guy for us. He's going to have to be. What do you know from Gardner being a teammate with him? Uh, he's a dog, man. Uh, you know, one thing about him is that he's always like the smartest guy in the room, but he kind of plays, you know, low, low key, low profile, but he does a good job of reading the room. So he knows everything that's going on, but he plays. He plays, um, I don't know, not dumb to it, but kind of acts like he doesn't know what's going on. But, I mean, as far as work ethic, uh, what he's been able to do, um, you know, I think he, he's off the charts. Uh, I, I like this van, too. I like what he did in training camp last year, bringing the van, and uh, I thought that was pretty cool, too. I like his lettuce. I like his van. I like his vibes. And I like the fact he's that like, right he's now like, – He's like the Huck Finn. He's like the Huck Finn <laughs> of the NFL. <laughs> and also, hey, they're sending him in lane like third, fourth quarter. He's coming into these games ice cold. And Steichen's yeah. dialing up like, hey, he's slinging – th- he's putting balls. I mean, 
He's inc- he's been incredible for us thus far. Shane Steichen also has been incredible. Do you keep an eye on what's going on around the NFL much, or do you not have the capability of doing that midseason? Yeah, no, what's funny is that Shane, usually me and Shane communicate throughout the week. He always sends me like uh, weird uh, nature videos, like a falcon tearing up some something or you know, some type of alligator attack or something, something uh, wild like that. So uh, text him, I text Garner usually after a win. Um, so, yeah, man, I keep, I keep tabs on my guys. I love it. Hey, you mentioned the Jets D-line uh, a little bit ago. What is it about them? You say they're one of the best D-lines that, that you're going to yeah. face. Like, wh- what do they do that gives offenses problems? Uh, 91's a really good player. I saw him run through uh, a lot of tackles this year, just his strength. Uh, Bryce up on the edge. Um, you know, really, Jermaine Johnson, Quentin Williams, they, they don't have a drop-off with uh, the rotational guys. So they get guys that come in, and they're still just as effective as a starter. So I think when you have uh, teams that, that can come in waves like that, it makes it a lot more difficult. Hey, what – don't – competitive advantage, obviously, but there's enough film on you. You're an old-ass man now. What is uh, – yeah. what is the – yeah, you're old, bro. Hey, congrats on that. Yeah. Not, hey, that's congrats. not normal. Yeah, congrats on being an old man. And shout out to Gabe also for you guys staying in incredible shape. But for you, what is the – hey, what up, Gabe? What up, babe? That guy's a Marine, that guy's a Marine sniper, by the way. Thank you for your service, Dog. Gabe. Thank you for your service, hey, Gabe. Hell, uh, he's his body guru over there. I actually worked out and had great evenings with Gabe on numerous <laughs> occasions back in uh, Los Angeles. The kid can go. He's a Marine. Obviously, we know that. Super handsome, too. Never – Never seen him not look good. But for you, Lane, I assume you're still trying to get better every single day. These modern pass rushers seem to be faster than ever, have more bend than ever, but the bull rush is still a thing. For you, what are you most worried about whenever you're going into games, and what are you trying to stop early so that you don't get it for the rest of the game? Uh, for me, it's a lot, it's all about the angles, like the width of my set. So sometimes if you have a team that's running a lot of games and you gain too much width, the defense is looking for like space between the guard and tackle. And so if you're off there, you can get penetration. So, um, you know, that, and really it depends on the player, you know, some guys, um, you know, don't have power and you can, you can set and don't have to anchor as much than other guys yet to really respect their power. I feel like those guys are probably more difficult because they can create a lot more moves off of that when they can run you just into the quarterback, you know, usually a good thing when they can run through you and then they can just do everything else off of that. Lane, last yeah, thing. Nice to be able to do that. Last <laughs> thing here. <laughs> last thing from us. We were uh, we got to go down and um, actually broadcast on the sidelines of the uh, the Red River rivalry. And I know you uh, you have close ties to that. Obviously, a Sooner. Your Sooners, unbelievable victory, instant classic of a game. Did you see it? And, and uh, how did it make you feel? Yeah, I saw some of it. Um, you know, obviously, I have some teammates on, on both sides uh, in the locker room. So, yeah, I just thought you know really it was going to take. Coach Venables getting in there and then really take a year for him to recruit his, his guys and kind of do what Dion did. I mean, you know how the transfer uh, portal is now. Uh, you're getting a whole, bun- whole bunch of new faces, but really thought he created a good culture just in the offseason, the time I spent with them. But really, I think their their defense is playing really well. And then, um, you know, Gabriel's really, um, you know, scoring seems like almost on every drive. So hats off to him, man. I want him to keep it going. And, and uh, yeah, man, it's exciting. Dylan Gabriel is now like uh, has the fourth highest odds to win the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he, was hey, awesome. he, is, he, he comes was awesome. at you quick. Life comes at you yeah, quick. Co- yeah, especially that's like a Heisman moment. That Red River rival. Hey, we had never been. That's our first time down yeah. there. Yeah, 
What an what yeah. an absurd scene, Lane. Like, that's absurd down there. Yeah, I remember my first uh, my first one, uh, my freshman year. I walk out there, and, and Coach Norvell's talking to Peyton Manning, you know, and I'm going, "What the hell's in?" You know, and the whole stadium smells like like cow shit, and uh, you know, <laughs> yep. half of it's divided red, half of it's maroons or crimson. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, one of our bigger games, 90, 90 plus thousand. Yeah. yeah, it was the Bevo guy shit right Ooh. over our shoulder. Literally, Ooh, shit right over. Yeah. yeah, right over our shoulder. He's farting too. I don't know steers that well, but I will say a fart is an indicator. There's some powerful coming out of that ass right after that fart. We smelled Bevo <laughs> before we seen him, and then boy, that dump he shot out almost onto us. Certainly spectacular. Sorry about that, AJ. Go ahead. Bob. Oh no, it was. I was just going to let Lane go and let him know we appreciate your time, man. We uh, we know you have another big test with the Jets coming up. Continue success. I hope you guys are having fun out there in Philly, ladies and gentlemen. Lane Johnson. Yeah, Lane. Hey, keep jumping off sides, Lane. Keep jumping off sides. I tell you what, he looks very athletic when he does it. I mean, oh yeah, he's getting out of that. He is getting yep. out of his stance. Bro, and he's getting set. Bro, he kicks his leg. I mean, he is. He's very flexible, when huh? He, when he's getting set, that thing is going bang. And then boom, you know, it yeah. is. I, I don't, I think he kicks higher than any tackle I've ever seen, honestly. And that Gabe guy that we talked about, the former Marine sniper, yeah. yep. he's like a, a body guru guy. The way he talks about what Lane can do at his size, obviously, he's one of the most freak athletes that the NFL has. Yeah. And obviously, a lot of tackles are. But for his size, his age, how much he can move, and he hasn't given up a sack since when? When did you say? Week 11 of 2020. Yeah, most you're talking about maybe you're talking about like Hall yeah. of Fame stuff here. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? You're talking Hall of Fame stuff out of Lane. So I'm appreciative of his time there, AJ. I mean, 2020 was that when the stadiums were empty? Yeah, yeah. It was that long ago? Yeah, he, last time he gave up a sack. Yeah, bingo. He set the record for most consecutive snaps without giving up a uh, sack as well. I think that was, yeah, but you time. heard him. You you heard that big country folk. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. He said, Yeah, but a guy beat me inside, and Jalen Duck, his first answer yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, but I gave up one. He remembered that one time. Yeah, he remembered that one time. Yeah, O lineman. Absolutely. Like they they're tortured by that. I know I got buddies that are O linemen that their wife would tell us how they'd go back and before they would come out and hang out with everybody, they had to rewatch the game. They'd have to go back and watch the TV copy and see and then just, you know, and then sit there and show up and have a drink and they're leaned up against the bar and they're complaining, telling me about two different plays that they feel like they let a guy get across their face or something. I'm like, all right, man, like you'll be all right. You guys are okay. Don't <laughs> we worry won. About that. Yeah, we won. We won. We got Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. You see, we won. <laughs> like, that was the case usually. They, um, they just offered me some sunglasses here. Which Why? Was very kind of them. Yeah. Those things would not fit on my head. I just well, saw. Come on, let's uh, try. On, let's try. We got to get a shot, right? Let me see. Can I see those glasses? Thank you, man. It's a security guy. I'm just eyeing up his head versus my head, and I don't want to break these things. Thank you, Miss Hare. Might be built Looks for like the sun's setting anyways. It's perfect. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, hell coach. yeah. What's up, coach? I've never felt cooler in my life. What? I've never felt cooler in my damn life. You I mean, look like WWE right Hall of Famer, the big boss, man. Or if, it, or if it's well, like you could build a Harley from from ground up, my friend. Yeah. Well, well I am a Tuttle. You know, yep. I am a, <laughs> uh -huh. a, a Tuttle, so I could build a chopper if I had to. All I know is that this sun out in Seattle is shining. These glasses make me look like a dog, and the dogs are hunting out here on the field. It's a glorious Friday. Shout to Lane Johnson for yes. doing nothing. Shout to the security guy saying, hey, you know what? I don't know how large your dome is, sir, but you can certainly stretch out these sunglasses. It's uh, I mean, it's very hospitable here. I did not expect this at all. Either. Those are you, you ruined those for life. Hopefully, he, I mean, I'm sure he's <laughs> going to tell you, hey, just keep them, buddy. I, those things will never fit on his head again. Yeah, I just, yeah, I mean, 
I just stretch the shit out of these things, you yeah. know, but he says, fine, don't worry about it. We've got another pair. I mean, I like it. This guy's going fishing in these things, probably the Puget Sound. I believe they are, uh, what's that called when you can see through the water? Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Those, I, I believe Polarized. The, the brand baby fox. Polarized hey. isn't for water. Yeah, Polarized for, water. for the sun. Yeah. The Costa, I believe those are Costa sun sunglasses that are specific you that know, you can see into the ocean to fish. You guys don't know shit. I don't want to hear anybody talk. Uh, those are polarizing the is for the sun. Polarizing means AJ, for the sun. AJ, they are Protect sun. Your eyes. Yeah, they're sunglasses. Yes. Yeah, what what does that polarized. do about looking through the ocean water? True anglers don't need that. Have you ever fished in your life? Have you ever fished in your I, life, AJ? I mean, salt, I'm not much of a saltwater fisherman because that's that's like the hoity-toity, like the big money yeah. fishing. I don't do that. I go in creeks and ponds, man. Yeah, that's what yeah. we're doing. Frog gigging. All I'm that a creek boy. I'm a creek boy. I'm one of the creek you boys. You have been saying that yeah. for a while, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Po polarized. Yeah, you are 100% correct. And everyone looks <laughs> Thank you. Everyone right. looks for that little P on all their sunglasses because they're definitely a better version when they're polarized. However, the actual definition is to re reduce glare and eye strain, improving vision and eye safety outdoors. This says nothing about looking through the ocean. Yeah, I yeah. promise well, you, I grew Google up on the lakes know. in Michigan. You had to have polarized glasses for the to sun. see through the water. Promise for you. For the sun. Foxy, there I is another so word. I am so sick. Of how disgustingly dumb you guys are when it comes to angling. Hey, okay, Pat, do not let them fool you. Okay, true anglers don't need these contraptions <laughs> to see through the water. You feel the ripples in the in the water itself, and that's how you know where the fish are at. I want to let you know I've caught four fish in my entire life, but I've seen other people do it, and oh, this no. is what. All right, all right, there we <laughs> go. Oh, hey, no. Pat. Oh no! Wait, this is unbelievable. Look at you. Hey, come on, can you face forward a little bit? Maybe we can go Everybody wide in shot. The holes, okay. Quick, quick, <laughs> quick wide shot, maybe a one shot of Pat. And this, this is awesome. Look at you. He's Jack, just like you. Yeah. Well, this guy, I don't think is big baby face. I do no, believe no. he is uh, certainly a heel. Uh, I think there's a lot of him out here. Oh, really? Uh, is that right? Well, <laughs> I, I what think, do you mean? I think I know what you mean. <laughs> Uh, let's just move along here. Yeah, yeah let's sure. Just, we'll just keep move moving along. along, Pat, because we have an unbelievable person uh, that's going to join us here in a second. He comes on here every single Friday, guys. Thursday or Friday, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. This every guy's Friday, absolute Friday. legend. We all know that. Every single Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Except for last Friday. <laughs> yes, yeah, except for last Friday. Coach Artie Smith, Judge. Yeah. Here we go, Coach. Coach, how you doing? Looks well, like you're uh, you're in uh, you're back in home in your homeland. You're not at a pub over in London anymore. How's it, how's it going? How are you guys doing this week? Yeah, we're doing well. Yeah, uh, you know, we got to break the streak. We need to get a win this week. You know, T took the week off last week, got the win. We got to break break the streak here, Pat. We were starting to think it was us, Coach. Honestly, because like uh, you came on the program, electrifying a drive five with Coach Artie Smith became the thing that took over the internet. Obviously, your brother who just does some things at FedEx. You said housing a beer is one of them, one of the most powerful business humans on earth. It was great to see him, but then we started seeing a trend. You guys weren't winning oh. this past week. You get a massive win, Desmond Ritter has his best game. Oh, what did yeah. you see from him and your team this past weekend that maybe you hadn't seen in the, the weeks beforehand, Coach? Yeah, well, we'd seen signs of it, but, uh, you know, Des, I was proud of Des. You know, it's I said this many times. It's it's hard to play quarterback in this league. Uh, he's got the right mindset. He's a young player, and he got in the rhythm, and it, it was awesome to see, you know, and it's kind of poetic that way the game played out. You know, he got the ball back, uh, the chance to go win it, and uh, he was cool, calm, and collected. Drove us right down the field, and then 
Coop uh, banged it home, and we won the game. Coach, how about the one uh, he scores the touchdown? Very close to being a touchback, though. Very, very close oh, to being a touchback. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we we're all thinking the same thing. I was thinking, as they show the replay, I'm like, how much worse can this get for Desmond Ritter? Feels like the football gods are against him. It seems like this. And then now he makes an incredible play, and it's a touchback, which is obviously heartbreaking. But instead, it was the complete opposite. Do you think that was a pivotal moment for Desmond and his confidence and how he kind of rose to the occasion for the rest of the game? Well, so it certainly helped. You know, um, you know the first drive, and we, we had the penalty on the kickoff return. We're backed up. Doesn't go very well. Um, short field, held him. And then we just marched right down the field. And then, yeah, when I saw it, somebody's like, yeah, you may have fumbled. And then I'm thinking, I'd actually showed those situations on, on Friday. And I was like, I got to be the dumbest. I used to my Murphy's Law. And I was like, if we don't score off that situation, literally I'd showed probably about 10 of them on Friday. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then uh, thankfully he had control as he crossed and lost it later. But uh, it certainly got him going, Pat. Coach, what's, yeah. it, what's it like calling plays and, and being the head coach of, a, of an NFL team when you like when you have a young quarterback like you said who's in rhythm? You look, you can tell he's confident. How much confidence does that give you as a coach and, and the rest of the team? I think. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, for everybody. I mean, he just certainly you know you feel like whoever's on the call sheet, you know, he, he's dialed, he's dialing it. So, and that, but that's that's the chemistry. I think there, you know, as you. There's growing pains inevitably, you know, we've, we've got a lot of young skilled guys that are, that are really fun to coach. And uh, so again, it, it's, a, it was his, like I said, his eighth start in the league or ninth, excuse me. And, um, and it, it, people forget it's, it's hard it, to play quarterback, but he's shown improvement every, every week, even in London, like that first half is not the, what, what you want, but you got to see if a guy's got it, Pat. I mean, AJ, you guys know it's not going to be perfect. And I thought he played well in the second half, uh, you know, and he came back last week and responded. That's what you want to see. Let's talk about a guy that certainly has it. It does appear in his young career. These overhead shots of your running back, Bijan Robinson, are getting more absurd by the week. This one, he didn't even have control of the ball, does like a Euro step on a guy, and the aerial shows the cut for as filthy as it is. Behind the back, no look, cut, juke, how you doing? Doesn't even have control of the ball. I'm going to do my thing. How... Hard is it not to just give him the ball every single snap? Like last year, Cordero Patterson felt like he was getting the ball, and he's back too for you guys. You have him at the joker position. That's awesome. But whenever you see Bijan continue to do this stuff, how difficult is it not to just get like, oh, let's just give this guy the ball every single play? He's remarkable, Artie. He is absolutely insane to watch. Yeah, it's the stuff he does at practice. I mean, that's you see him do that stuff every day. And so it's just like – it's hard not to get numb to the fact that like he's just different. And uh, I was juggling a little little showmanship behind the back, but hell, if you can do it, do it. It's like some of the stuff you used to do, Pat, when you used to line up for the for the kickoffs, and you, you knew a sky kick was coming, and it was just you were like the Titan killer. I can't think of how many that you hit. It was like, I mean, the, the, like the same thing, like the bravado you came out there with, and once a game, it was it was happening. Titans, Colts. Uh, unfortunately, we were on the other side of that, but same thing, you know, Bijan, you. Same kind of <laughs> same players, same athletes. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I don't know how Bijan would look with these sunglasses that I just got from the security guy behind the camera. Obviously, I look sweet, not as sweet as your mustache does. How often have you oh. been to Seattle? Have you seen, Coach? Oh, I love Seattle. Look at we were out there a week last at, year. Really, we, we practiced out there. Yeah, University of Washington. They were awesome to us. Like I was, 
Pat, you and I look like we could go find a 90s like grunge cover band. Yeah. And fit right in, like 1997. Hell yeah. Like a little Pearl Jam, a little Nirvana. Yeah. Oh. What? Oh. I mean, we, we blasted that in that stadium. <laughs> yeah, Kalen DeBoer was awesome. Like, they, they took care of us out there. Uh, we flew out there after the Rams game, played the Seahawks. Uh, loved it. That's a beautiful part of the country. Is that your music, punk? What is, what is your music style? Oh, I, I, I got an eclectic. I'm from Memphis. I've got an eclectic taste. I like everything. And, uh, but it definitely gave me some 90s nostalgia when I was out there. Yeah, it's beautiful. I did not expect it to be this glorious. I mean, it's sunny, which I didn't expect. Obviously, it's why <laughs> I got a security guy's sunglasses on my face. And uh, everybody's been so hospitable. I did not, I thought all these people were going to hate me out here. You know what I mean? I thought that was they might, be the they case. may still hate you, but they're just being nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> It's nice that I like. Hey, I'd rather, I mean, I'd rather, hey, coach, I'd rather people be fake nice to me than like real mean to me. You know what I mean? Like that, that's something Same I don't here. think gets yeah. talked about. Yeah. 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 Life is yeah, good okay. whenever that's the case. Yeah. I mean, whether how you feel, you know, you go out and you go grab something to eat and it may be like this guy's, you know, whatever. But then they say, hey, how you doing? You know, I'd rather that than like, <laughs> yeah. I'm with yeah, you. I there. agree. Because everybody is, you know, once you get a little bit of money or whatever, you know, like some people are like, these people are all being fake nice to you. You know that. I'm like, it's much better than them being real mean to me. You know, like, I Hey, your brother, okay? Oh, Last time we talked. Stole the show. Yes. I mean, you're awesome. Your mustache is awesome. Live from a pub in London's awesome. Your brother just housing beers and then us finding out who the hell he was <laughs> after, as soon as you left is one of the most magnificent things of all time. When you guys have a family gathering, is it just a keg gets deleted? How many, like, is that your family has good times? Is that just the yeah. Artie Smith, the Smith crew? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm one of 10. And so, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's always a, a We'll have to next time we have our summer get together. We'll have to invite invite you guys down. Oh, I'll get you guys. I'll fly you guys down. I mean, Whoa. it's always a good time. So, is that real? We're, we're holding you to that. Yeah, we got this. This song. Yeah, absolutely. We're I this. promise you, done deal. <laughs> yes. deal. You'll have you'll have a great time. Yeah. The What's thing his I get to care for. I, I can't pump. Yeah. What's that? What's his name? Dick Smith, right? That's the yeah. one that was housing the beer oh, behind yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. He, trust me. He told me he was more excited about. His three seconds of fame on your show, he had to do a sixty-minute interview a couple of years ago, like, like he was saving the world and nobody cared. But he got three seconds on your show and it and it blew up. And we gotta have to pop his ego. So that's the last I have to talk about him right now because it, it's brutal behind the scenes. The ego. Well, hold on, hold on. Before you stop talking about, hey, Dick Smith, we do not have a logistics company as a sponsor. No, nope. you know, I, 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 you know, we love to get into the FedEx game. You know, just something to think about, Dick. We're not CNBC, oh, done deal. But we're certainly oh, okay. Done deal. Yeah, put pressure on right now. Done deal. Yeah, put pressure right, right now. Dick. Boston, Con okay. Boston Connor has something for you, Coach. Well, honestly, I do, but, man, I'm blown away that we're Team FedEx now officially. Yeah, that is that awesome. something quite hey, special. Hey, let's go. Wow. Yeah. Uh, for us. I like it. That's awesome. Unbelievable. But, Coach, there are some guys that, you know, just work in certain systems, and it feels like you are someone who gets the most out of John U. Smith. As a Patriots fan, obviously I have my opinions about him, <laughs> but he's been unbelievable for you how does that work with some guys where you just know what position to put him in or do you know what he likes and how to get him the ball the best way like how do, how do some guys not do well but then you know like hey if i can get him back in my system i know he'll have a ton of success because with the titans the reason he got a 50 million dollar contract was because of how great he was with you 
Well, I appreciate the the kind words, but in all honesty, it's it's because John was a really good player. So, uh, and we got a lot of good players. I mean, you talk about Bijan, and he is a talented player. But I mean, between Kyle and Drake, and we just you know CP's now coming back. Tyler Algier, we got a lot of weapons, and and uh, Matt Collins. You know, that's why it's such a fun group to coach. I think eleven guys touched the ball last week, and uh, we just got to keep building off that. But uh, credit goes to Jonu. Jonu is a, is a great player. Hey, week in, week out, the NFL is an easy come, easy go league. Life better after a win, obviously, but everything is still right in front of you. What's the message to the team this week after a win, after a couple of losses? And what are you going to be saying to the boys on Sunday? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's week six, you know, we're three and two, uh, you know, but you have to keep that edge. I mean, I think sometimes you're right. It does success can, can dull you. And that's, that's what I love the NFL. It's the hardest challenge week in and week out. And, and you got to continue to, to evolve and improve because it's, it'll be humbling if you're not ready to go. Man, coach, we appreciate your time so much. We, we know you're not in a London pub. We appreciate you wherever you come from. We appreciate your family, your brothers, what? all brothers, sisters, what? all 10 of Summer party. We are hydrating already yes! for the summer party. We'll Woo! get the IVs going. Hopefully when we get down there to recover, we cannot wait. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Artie Smith. Yay! Oh, coach no! Artie Smith. Okay, so we're in, right? Yeah. 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 I, I, and I think we just got a FedEx deal. Yeah. Down. You're welcome. Bam. Okay, that's how business is done, boys. <laughs> All right, that is. Going to write that, that down. Is, that was a good lesson. Yeah, I, don't know what, I don't know what hour FedEx is going to get, but I think they could probably get four to five of them right now if they want with their <laughs> yeah. budget. That'd be great. Imagine, oh, this, this hour is being delivered by FedEx. Oh, you know, perfect. We've all seen Dick. And then pop we've up all a picture Dick's, of Dick. You've right. all seen Dick? Yeah. Picture of Dick Smith right there. Mm-hmm. We got that photo of Dick from our show. Oh, there yes. it is. Yep. We already, we're already, that's all we need. Put it on Man. a shirt. The best is that. How about him going? 60 minutes. How about him interview. going? How about him going? Richard? Yeah, Richard's his name. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, it's going to be tough for us to call him Richard. <laughs> for Dick now. is available. But uh, that Smith guy, I, I genuinely enjoy the fact. I bet his team loves him. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yes. How, how but like they? the big. At the beginning, though, I assume there's a lot of people that don't really understand, don't really get it, yep. don't know because he's he's dry, he's kind of quiet. But then once he starts talking, it's like, oh, this guy has an incredible personality, obviously. This dude mm-hmm. loves football. And with the team he has mm-hmm. in that NFC South, I think there's good reason to think very optimistically about the Falcons this year. Had to get off the schneid because they were on one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now they get back on the winning side of it. Desmond has that breakthrough game confidence-wise. Yep. Look out. For the Atlanta Falcons, A.J. Hawk, look out. I mean, absolutely look out. With B. John, what he's doing, I think that new camera angle is changing everything. It looks yeah. it looks like a video game almost when they, they show that. And, and we know B. John will probably be doing this for another 10, 12 years. It's just freakish what they can do. But, man, so cool. Artie Smith, if you think about it, one of 10. He has nine other siblings, I believe. you got to – Growing up in that kind of environment, I would imagine you got to figure out how to deal with people. You got all, multiple different personalities and egos and things like that. Had to be a great like practice ground or area for him. All of a sudden, he gets in the NFL with all these different players from all over. Hey, I know how to handle people. Well, and then the dad is yeah. a Marine. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, so you know there's going to be some discipline that's put in there. Yep. And then his dad also one of the most successful American businessmen. Yep of all time it's like not only surviving as one of 10 is going to be difficult because you know i know they had money obviously at the point that he was growing up after his dad gambled on 
himself and his business in Vegas to save FedEx at one point. But like, so they're not worried about food and everything. But whenever you're talking about 10 kids, attention, you know, where you're going, mm. how you're going about doing it, you kind of got to take care of yourself, I would assume, in a lot of situations, growing up fast and then getting to watch his dad work his ass off to build something special with the Marine kind of view of uh, life and accountability. It's like, Artie Smith was kind of created to be a football coach, although he could be doing what Dick Smith is doing right now. House and beers running FedEx. I'm sure he's doing a great job. Artie instead says, you know what? I'll take on a task of being one of 32 and do my thing. I'm very thankful for him joining our show. And also, I'm thankful he brought up a lot of good times for me against the Titans. <laughs> uh -huh. A lot of good times against the Titans. Those balls always bounce our way against them, and I will forever be thankful to the city of Nashville for that. Yeah, and all those things you just said, like, it's so easy to root for Artie Smith, yep. I feel like, because, you know, the FedEx thing, of course, like, this guy didn't have to work. He didn't have to do the hardest possible job, and then you think about the amount of opportunities he has. Like, he could have not just FedEx. He could have gone elsewhere, other places, with you know the connections his family had and instead he actually chose to basically have the hardest job in sports especially the hardest league to win in sports like it's just unbelievable and the fact that you know we're now team fedex man we should get oh, some yeah. of those uh you know race car, nascar denny suits, hamlin race yeah. car? Denny hamlin yeah fedex type yeah. suits right there in the thunderdome i yeah. mean come on Hell i'm yeah. happy we got that deal done i mean yeah. it was, that was a huge deal huge deal he said in already he said yeah done, yeah, done deal Boom. yeah but Got you have to you, you have to pay him five hundred thousand dollars or ten million dollars yeah, how much right? you gotta pay him so it's kind of offsets oh uh, yeah yeah well it's all right i mean we'll pay yeah we'll pay fedex to be a sponsor of our show okay that's, that's how business that's works, how it works right? a lot, hey a lot of people talk uh i'm not getting into it i'm not getting into <laughs> you're it. not getting it's too late my bad hey maybe maybe monday though you might get into it monday or maybe even on game day tomorrow what do you think? Verizon, SeatGeek, DoorDash, FedEx. That's not a bad little lineup being a part of the program. You know, I mean, that's not bad. Not a bad then. little, not a bad lineup at all. As as we exit ESPN, we will be on YouTube on ESPN Plus, all over the place. Sports Center is coming up here in about seven minutes. See ya. Hell yeah! Boom! Nailed, Nailed it, AJ. It. Boom. You Nailed we got it. it. I have no idea if that's true or not. I don't even know if we're a break or not, but it sounds like you nailed it because you started talking real quick before one yeah. particular time. Uh -huh. That's always the good giveaway sign on whether or not you hit the heart out or not. Sounds like you did. Way to go. Great job hosting today, AJ, by oh, the way. Yeah. I appreciate you doing that. I tell you what, this is uh, it's fun coming in and seeing the boys and seeing everybody. Obviously, uh, this place is awesome. This place is pretty cool. It's I was used to coming here, what, every, you know, once a week last year, all the time during the season. And so I haven't been here as much lately. And this place is every time I come, like, this is real. Like, this yeah. is a real facility. It's absurd. You should see. I had to pay for that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is weird. You did? I don't know. I thought it was the I thought it just magically happens. Too. No, I had to pay for that. And then the construction, too. All those walls you guys see and everything. Uh, yeah. I had to pay for that. That too. wasn't on the house? What? Thought Smothers, no, yeah. thought Smothers paid for that. Nah, CFO Phil had to write the check for that. You know, and there was a lot of them. There was a lot of different people in and <laughs> yeah. out of there. I think we employed like uh, 150 people throughout the whole process of that. All those people got paid. Crazy. They should have been doing it for free, obviously. For yeah, I know. I don't like it. I don't. I don't like it that we had to pay people for their work, you know, but I guess that's just how life works. I, <laughs> I, I'm not getting into it. I'm not getting into it. I'm not getting into it. But yeah, that place is ridiculous. And I'm very thankful that you slide in there whenever I fly to Seattle at 
5 a.m. Eastern and land at 6.05 Pacific time and there's no sun, no nothing. And then the sun comes out and it's like one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in my life right here. One of the most beautiful views I've ever seen. I mean, where they have you set up, they knew what they're doing. The ESPN yeah, people yeah. are smart. They knew Gorgeous. the perch to put you on to, to get everything uh, that they need in the background. Is your, Are they still out there in the field? Are they still having a walkthrough? Yeah, boys are still doing it. They're in shorts and t-shirt though. This is like kind of a, feels like a little fast walkthrough. You know, okay. like a jog through. Sure. Uh, it's a fast Friday for them. I'd assume they're going through their plays. I don't know if this is the first play of the drive or not, but it's touched up. Okay. <laughs> this one they just worked on. This one's going to be unstoppable. And like the more I watch, like as you guys were asking questions already, it was hard for me not to turn around and watch this. Like the comparisons to the Dolphins is such a good one. Yeah. You're talking about motions last minute boom you're talking about weapons all over the place you're talking about a quarterback that can hit everything and also dissect everything it's like this washington team is one of the greatest shows on turf that there is so it's been hard for me not to get distracted to watch them kind of cook down here but the vibes are incredibly high i can hear that through the headphones and uh yeah, very thankful for everybody. Here. Hey, Zito everybody. popped in my ear, and it got me wondering, it too. It's kind of hard to pay attention to everything. Is there, like, a sniper on top of the scoreboard? I don't know if we can zoom in over your left shoulder. Above the – Film and practice. Hey, that's film. That's oh, film. That's bro. the film, that's guy, film. Z. Jesus, oh. Z. Does he have a rifle trained on anybody? We don't know. Probably just hey, to be honest – I would be completely okay if there was people looking for rifles this weekend. Well, there, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a thing. Yeah. With everything that has been said to me and about me, yeah. especially from people that are actual psychopaths. So, uh, <laughs> agree. Yeah, I think that's just <laughs> well filming. Uh -huh. I think I think that's just filming. Yeah, down there. Uh, They'll be up the there for game day. They're always up in the top of the stadiums for game day. Look at any stadium you're at; you'll see like troopers walking around, usually on the very top. So game day is not here. Game day is on on campus. Like a couple minutes this way. Wait till you see the backdrop at game day. This Water? building that they have. Oh, here no. we go on on campus. Like it's touchdown a, Jesus. No, no, it's it it is yeah. like a chapel like building. I don't I don't know architecture well enough to give it a description, but it feels like it's like Art Deco. Art Deco. A lot of points. Massive building, and then I think there's a mountain right on the other side. Ooh. Like it is. Because out here you got water, you got mountain, you got forest. Is that, is that Mount it's Rainier? Like, is that Mount Rainier? Maybe. I believe Rainier is the mountain that I heard. That's like Washington, and then the Puget Sound is over there on the other side of Seattle, which is just over there. I did appreciate the fact that DeBoer told me, like, yeah, we're not in Seattle though. We're kind of our own. That is real. Like this yeah, is yeah. like its own city, kind of attached to Seattle. It feels like I haven't seen much, but. Kind, I did not expect any of this. Kind of like how Butler is set up in Indianapolis. Like it's in Indianapolis, but it's not actually like in the city. But how are you feeling about the game tomorrow? I mean, you're out there. Do, I, you, do you, you you have a lean early or no? Well, they gave me a hoodie. I got a whole bag of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay. What's the line? The board, what's, what's the spread? The board came on the show. Hmm. Yeah, three. three. And he was awesome. Be careful, though. Mount Rainier, uh, that's an active volcano. Okay. So head oh. on a swivel. I mean, what if that's what Washington State decides to deploy <laughs> on me and Herb Street? We got somebody that's able to activate this volcano. Good luck. Welcome to town, College Game Day. We're going to explode some lava on your face. <laughs> I hope that's okay. I hope that's that's how it goes down. All right, I'm gonna run to the bathroom. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, what, what, that's what we're gonna we're gonna take quick five because we have Michael Lombardi coming up at two twenty. Lombo always full of plenty of. I think opinions. Herbie's I gonna love... be here too. Hold wow. on, I think Herbie's maybe even. A, I think Herbie Kirk or, 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 or Herb Street or, or double. Jay, Hold on, a tie. I, 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 street talk. 
street talk had to get a uh, dinner. Oh, okay. Herb Street has like meetings with coaches and stuff. So yeah. why? Well, his, it's the first time he's he been around. To, I like he came right from Kansas City last night. Sure, he brought his dog. Really? Oh, Which what, one? The golden retriever. That, yeah, that one. He is awesome. Was he real pumped about the uh, product on the field last night? Your call has been forwarded. This son of a bitch. Hey. This son hey. of a number. bitch. What a go. I, it number. never ends with this guy. What a it never ends with this guy. Let's go to Seattle. Let's find out. See who Pat is with. Oh, he's joined by a very handsome dude wearing super duper sweet shades. Mr. Kirk Herbstreet and Pat McAfee. Welcome. What's happening? Ladies and gentlemen, Kirk Herbstreet is here. Now, he's he's not the only one. I will say one of the baddest, most interesting humans to ever exist is also walking around. Chris Fowler is right over here. I don't know if they just got out of there. Yeah. Look at that. Right Holy hell, yeah. Chris Fowler's on the wow. show. Chris Fowler's on the show. I've never been asked, but I just crashed. What a voice. That's my response to never being invited. Yeah, I'm voice. Iconic, what is iconic voice. That man oh controls a conversation like you wouldn't believe. Hey, there, <laughs> this, uh, I will say this about Chris Fowler. If you're not following him on Instagram, you need to do that now. Yep. Okay. This past offseason, Fowler showed me two lions doing it in the safari ah. on his Instagram story. I watched it. We pulled then up. also he'll get, I don't know if it's still up there. I was only 24 hours. Someone's about to pull it up. Hey, was, out out of all the stuff you got out of that two lions mating, that was your big mating. <laughs> Beautiful scenery all around the world. Two lions doing it was what got your attention. It was a heck of an offseason. I, I, I lived through Chris Fowler this offseason. And it was hard not to just remember that. Big Ben, uh, Herbie's dog, has Ooh. made his way all the way out to Seattle. I did not. This is the first time I'm seeing Ben on premise here for game day. Does he travel a lot? It, it brought him the whole week. Uh, flew Wednesday to Kansas City and then flew late last night to uh, Seattle. Let's talk. First about time the, he's been here. Well, it's great to see him. He's a beautiful yeah, dog. He's he good is, American. He is act. He is good American. Yeah, oh, yeah. In Seattle. <laughs> shout out. What I'm saying. Yeah. Shout out. Hey, uh, let's dive in here. You were at the game last night. Yeah. We talked about it earlier uh, about how Travis and Patrick are kind of like cheating at football cheating. at this point. Now, second half they obviously got kind of slowed down or whatever. But at the beginning of that, Travis is doing hook and ladders on like the first pass that play. Was sick. sick lefty pitch. Is that planned? Do you think? Or they? Oh yeah, yeah, planned. Oh, yeah, planned. And it's just you know, it's him being him, them trusting him. You and I were talking uh, before we hopped on here together. But when you have trust with a quarterback and trust with one of his go-to guys, you just they actually call him Travis Routes. When they get into the red zone, they get the third down, critical moments in the game. I don't know if they call it in the huddle Travis routes, but just talking with Matt Nagy and some of their coaches, they they basically ask him to just kind of find space. I don't know if we've ever seen a tight end. There have been great tight ends who has a feel for coverage and understanding a high football IQ to understand what the other receivers are doing and how the defense is going to react based on the coverage they're in and, and preemptively understands where he needs to go to kind of get leverage and then sink. It, it's It's so much, and he does it, so almost like nonchalant and uh, almost like he's in a practice when he does it. So it's incredible. And then the, for Pat to trust yes. him and know where he is, it's a thing of beauty. We talked about like Patrick Mahomes quarterbacks normally have to know what everybody's doing. 100%. Patrick Mahomes definitely has to know what everybody's doing. Travis does as well. And they make it look so easy. To your point about the football IQ, I don't think Travis gets nearly enough no, credit he for doing what he's doing. They're just like, oh, well, Patrick will find him. Patrick will find him. It's like, no, Patrick there's so is, much yeah. that goes into that. And and like you say, for people that 
a normal we're at a practice right now the washington they're going over plays the quarterback michael Penix, understands okay this guy's going to run this route aj is a defender he understands okay i've been studying this film all week they, they're going to do this when they get into this formation or this personnel grouping this receiver one goes here two's going to go there with kansas city you can't do that because with 87 we were talking about it you know he's going to get the ball and you still can't stop him how many times do you watch the chiefs you're like go for can someone take 87 you know, take him all and and they just it's it's like AJ and Ryan when they were in middle school playing football together against the local kids in the neighborhood. And 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 Ryan just knew where AJ was gonna go because they played so much together, they had such chemistry. That's what it really looks like. They're playing backyard football at a, just a very, very different level of sophistication. Before AJ has a question for you and the boys, obviously, we're very excited. Herbie made some time for us. Ain't that right, boys? Thank, Thank you, Herbie. You, Herbie. Thank, Thank you, Herbie. Thank you. Good guy. Here's an Here's an interesting stat from Hembo, stats guy at ESPN, obviously legend. Drew Brees started 229 games with Sean Payton as head coach and offense coordinator. Never once did he have a QBR as low as Russell Wilson did last night. Russell Wilson's QBR last night was 10.1. Obviously, we saw the turnovers. We know the slow start to the season. What are you hearing in your conversations with Sean Payton, with Russell Wilson, that's either optimistic about what they can become, or are they all kind of wondering why the hell this hasn't worked the way they thought it was going to work as well? Well, I think if you looked at it going into the game last night, his numbers weren't awful. Yeah. It, they're, they're, you know, the, the, other than the Miami game, everybody's thinking about the Miami game, that the Denver's a debacle. They, they had the lead in three of the other four losses going into the last night at halftime. And, they, and he's played well compared to what he did last right. year. The difference is, and this is just my opinion sitting here wherever we are, October, by the time we get into December. Next Seattle, Herbie. Jeez. <laughs> by the time we Come get on. into December and into January. Drugs. Yeah, the, what's this guy's up deal? Right? I don't even know what city. He's so doped up. He's so doped up. He's so doped up. He looks he looks so good, though, in the sun. He looks so good. And he's got that it's guy fairy bracelet on. It's hot. How have you sat up here? Bro, for this long. Well, I had this on. I had to take that off. And then Coach DeBoer gifted me this. This is hot. Hot. I did not really? expect this. I thought it was going to be hell. I thought it was going to be, <laughs> as soon as I walk off the plane, I thought there was going to be wazoo people telling me, welcome to hell. I thought it was going to be rainy. I thought it was going to be breezy. I thought it was going to be cold. No, it's Complete nice. ops. It's hospitable. Nice. Gifts. Yeah. Weather. I thought right. I tell you that. I told you you were going to love the people here. But not I all cut you off there. Not all. No, I said so, you were doped up. Yeah, no, that's not true. But but <laughs> well, what is true is that you guys on. are going to talk about Jeez. Kansas City. There's two areas that they're different this year than they've been, even last year when they won the Super Bowl. AJ will love it. Their defense is legit. Their defense is one of the best defenses, in my opinion, in the NFL. A lot of these guys in their second year with Spags, they understand where to go. And AJ will tell you, when you're not thinking about things and you're just playing and allowing your instincts to take over, you play at such a different level. I think you're going to see that all year from this. It's more than, wow, Chris Jones is really good. There's so much more to their defense than just Chris Jones, who's a phenomenal player. The back end's different. They can man you. They press you. Old school, bully you, beat you up. Look what they did to Jefferson at Minnesota before he went out with a hammy with Sneed. So they're legit on defense. That's why I'm taking away more of what Spags and Kansas City has on defense than I am Russell sucks, Got Denver's it. terrible. I, I I really think Kansas City's at a different level on that side of the ball. Good, AJ. 
Kirk, when you mentioned Chris Jones, so you talked about him last night in the show or during the game when he was lined up on the edge and got a sack. He's like, okay, he gets to stand and, and choose kind of where he rushes. And yep. you talked about that where Spags is okay with him, says, I don't even know where he's going to line up. He kind of picks the matchup he wants. First off, he gets up there. He chops the arms, turns, runs the corner. He's, he's an interior D lineman. He shouldn't be able to rush like that. You shouldn't be able to move that well yep. when you're that big. But how yep. can you talk about how rare that is? And that, like, there's not many people that kind of have that freedom. And then when they do have the freedom, boom, they capitalize on all the time. It, it, it kind of reminds me what we were just talking about with Kelsey having the freedom. It's, it, I think that Kansas City's figured out with the guy, there's certain guys that they know about and they trust and they just kind of let them be, be who they are. Chris Jones just has a rare skill set. I mean, first of all, as you know, to be 6'6 and playing in the interior, that's incredibly rare to have that length and playing inside with those guards, with the twitch that he has and the get-off that he has. And he's really good against the run. But what I love is in third down, I even talked to Spags about it. He's like, listen, it, he's, it's up to him. And this guy studies it. Like you hear veterans study stuff. He looks at their height. He looks at their weight. He looks at what year they are. He understands that, you know, where they are, where their, where their cheat code is, if their right legs up a little. I mean, he's looking at everything and he starts to kind of figure out based on film study and the way the game's going where he needs to go on third down. And he wanted to go against McGlinchey and he got his one on one matchup and he, and he had su success against him when he was at Sam Fran. So he clearly dialed that up. But yeah, the cool thing is AJ, Mike Dana, the kid out of Michigan. He kind of rolls with the punches. He doesn't know where he's going to line up on third down. Am I in? Am I out? How cool is that of him just to let 95 do what he's going to do and then just kind of react to that? Do you feel uh, now you're in your second year calling NFL games and we're pumped that you're in the NFL? Mm -hmm. We yeah. all love hearing your voice in the NFL. You feel a lot more comfortable with your NFL knowledge and talking than maybe like a year ago from right now? Yeah, I, I feel. I mean, I've always watched the NFL. I've always you know, been a fan of it. But when you when you peel everything back and you watch film every week and then you get the, the, the luxury to me is talking to guys like Spags and Andy Reid and Mahomes on the field before the game for about 15 minutes. And you do that every week, you know, and, and no matter what team it is. And I'm just grateful to be in that position. And I'm like a sponge. I just... I study a lot of film, but then to to be able to get that confirmation with coaches and, and players, that's been the part that's really blown me away is how welcoming and how accommodating that part. Not to talk to the coaches like they talk at a podium. Listen to this, AJ. This guy, okay, mm -hmm. whenever he, before he got to the NFL, he was like, I didn't play in the NFL. Nobody wanted, and I was like, Kirk, everybody in the NFL watches game day every single yeah. week. No, Kirk has everybody. that dumb, like, humble, he, he's humble, like, yeah, it in, is in dumb. over the top, stupid way. Like, he should just own it. You should own who you are. Yeah, Kirk. Kirk. You should own Agree. It. Come on, Kirk. We all agree completely. I underestimated how much the players grew up with game day. Yep. Like, that, that part everybody. I definitely underestimated. So, it's been very cool to almost reunite with a lot of these guys I haven't seen since they were stars in college. It'd be like if I saw AJ and I hadn't seen him since he was at Ohio State, all of a sudden I see him on the field. Oh, what's up? You know, it's it's been a lot of that. So, yeah, I think um, it, it and also with Al second year, I feel so comfortable with what he and I are doing. Uh, our producer, we have a new guy this year, a guy named T-Man, Mark, Mark Tottleman. He's been fantastic. Hey, shout out. So, yeah, yeah, it's been I feel as comfortable as I could hope for. Yeah, well, you're sounding amazing. It's great to listen and great to watch. I went over to the shop last night and watched that. Did you guys watch any of that during the watch-along? Yeah, oh, yeah, with little little Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. How'd that go? Uh, I saw Will Ferrell know, in his full, was, full, full attire. You know, I couldn't hear anything, but it, it, I, I appreciated the concept. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Have you noticed though that some of these primetime games, like last night, got a little boring? You're not allowed to say that. We'll say that from watching West Virginia got real exciting at the time. What the happened game. There? Shut up, uh, Herbie. What Herbie? Tough. Happened. I was heartbreaker. Man, I was oh, heartbreaker. Did you guys already review this? Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll but we talked about it. I haven't Herbie. heard Kirk Herbstreit talk about. What's it. your thoughts though? Well, you're, I mean, you're the voice of college football. <laughs> I I just it's not like I hate West Virginia. Well, I just love. I love like I want the guy to make the field goal so bad. You know, I'm, I'm, it's just like I'm having fun cheering against you. Yes. So that's why you know the Colts in West Virginia. All of a sudden, I, I, I you know, I have nothing against them, but I love to see them have some. Yeah, struggles. for me to score him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, should have yeah. seen me last night. Okay? I mean, how do you? How does All that, right, how does that Herbie. Happen? Okay, we got six, seven tight end too. Not on the field for the Hail Mary. Jeez, how many people touched that ball? Ten, too many. I think ten guys on. I think ten guys touched the ball before it was scored. We also got a fifteen-yard penalty that backed up the kickoff. Which yeah, I know. Is a whole nother. That's a whole. That's a bigger conversation than the the fluke that ended up costing you. How a lot of Dana, big conversation. How about Dana beating his former yeah, team? Yeah, it's all been talked about, Herbie. Okay, have a new take. Okay, Dana Holgerson beat West Virginia. We get. Oh, now we're looking at it. Look at this. Oh, yeah, yeah, check well, that this out. Is, yeah. You can look at it. You got to box those guys oh, here out. We go, here we go. Yeah, got to shut the door. We have a six, seven. One, two, get in front of them. Three, four. Jeez. AJ coaches up here. What's going on? I mean, this is. <laughs> There's a couple heartbreakers in the NFL. I remember that we had to watch during my time playing in the NFL, and you watch them, and you went, okay, so if you're on defense, you can't have anybody facing. You know the back of the end zone. They're waiting for that tip. You got to you got to box them out like yeah. it's basketball. You got to put a body yeah. in front of those yeah, that's guys. That's what I heard. It's not just that's to knock it down. Yeah, you got to get and get a body on them. So if it gets knocked down, they, I mean they executed perfectly right there. You got to get. I give Houston a lot of credit. Really do. That's what you heard. Huh? That's what I. That's what I heard. Yeah, is that through your? It's easier said than done. By the way, much easier said than done. Yeah, also, much easier. Hey, take that into consideration. Much easier said than done. I've seen a thousand <laughs> of those hit the ground. Just want to let everybody know. Yeah. I've seen a thousand of those not get caught. Yeah. So whenever we say much easier, and you guys it, had a magical season going too. You did. It's Damn. still going. Not it's over. Is, yeah, great comeback. I mean, I don't know it if you saw still, the. the that's tight a great end. point. The tight end. Connor, for Houston, a great point. His last name is yeah. Man Jack the Fourth. So I think anytime Whoa. you're throwing to someone with a name like that, there's a huge chance he catches. You're it. Yeah. You got a problem there. Yeah. I'm proud of you guys. You, you, you every week you. Out to prove everybody wrong. You came so close last night. A <laughs> <laughs> no. little engine that could, Pat. That's what he's talking about. A little talk, engine that could. Hey, let's talk about this game. Let's talk about this game happening here. I just talked to our ticket salespeople over here. 72,000 people going to be in here. Well, this place Damn. is loud. I believe Oregon has like 15,000 coming. So you do some quick math. Boom. 57,000 people are going to be here for the Washington Huskies. We talked to DeBoer earlier. He's talking about how re-energized the alumni are from those glory days of what Washington was. And now the team's all the way back. They have great NIL. That's a lighter. That's weed. Uh, it's legal. It's well, you're just part of the team in Seattle. Yeah, that, I mean, this stuff right here. Right? Just, yeah, that, <laughs> that was gifted to me on my way in here. Yeah, great hospitality. Duke, we appreciate yeah. everybody. Local, local folk, local laws, local yeah. folk. Yeah. That's folk, Dick Good, not the other word. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this game? This is a well, for, this is a big test for both of them. I think. First of all, you got to appreciate these teams despise one another. Hell yeah! I mean, off the charts hate each other. Ask them about. Well, you you got Wazoo for Washington. You got Oregon State. No, 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 no. This one is personal. This one is is talked about all year. So that's great. And and then you throw in 
the fact that both these teams are undefeated. Is it the first time in, in the history of the rivalry? That they're both top 10. Both yeah. in the top 10. So usually one's making a run, the other one's down, or vice versa. This time, both need a win. Both have Heisman Trophy quarterbacks with Bo Nix at Oregon and Michael Penix at, at Washington. And uh, I want to see which de- – all this talk about one scoring, what are they, 51 points? The other one scores 46 points a game. I want to see which defense – can make some plays. You know, sometimes you get hyped up for a game like this and it's 13 to 10 at half, you know? So I think the defenses will play a lot better than I think people expect. DeBoer has only had success as a head football coach. I've appreciated talking to him here. He obviously gifted me a hoodie. They've been very, that. He said that, uh, like the UW alum, not only very wealthy, but also pretty powerful around here yeah i think he's set up for sustained success here as well which i I don't think a lot of people are kind of recognizing because normally coach does well at a school no offense washington but it's way out here Mm -hmm. way out here normally you have success it's like all right where's he going feels like him and washington have been a perfect fit with each other and washington's going to the big 10 you know so what why would you want to right now he won 10 last year looks like he's headed to 10 wins who knows if they get into the postseason this year why would he go anywhere right now, especially with the alumni that you're talking about, the world that we live in with NIL? I was asking him, when Penix leaves, does this thing have staying power? Can you sustain this? He didn't blink. You know, he, he thinks this thing is just warming up. And I'm older, but if you go back to the late 80s and into the 90s, Washington was a perennial power. You know, like you, you think of Lawyer Malloy or mm. uh, they had, uh, Mark Brunel, that I, era, Steve Entman. I, they, had, they had some great players. And they every year they were Pac-10 champs back in those days and a national title contender. So why can't they get that going again? I, I I wouldn't. He'd be crazy to leave here. AJ, I believe we have another sweet guest joining us right now. Big brain in football. I believe we do. Let's go out to the line. Let's pot him up there, Zito, and bring on time. obviously reoccurring, unbelievable friend of the show, Mister Michael Lombardi. Yeah. Lombo, where are you, buddy? I'm great, thank you. Yeah, I just listened to Herbie talk about it. You know, I go back to Sonny Sixkiller when Washington was good and oh, Don yeah. James. I mean, that that is a historic program. That is a uh, incredible program that's going to continue to win. You, it's hard to find a better job than that one in the country. Mm-hmm. Lombo, Herbie, in his time in the NFL here, year and a half or so, what are your thoughts? Do you think the NFL community of old stooges like yourself have accepted him <laughs> and appreciated his voice over games on Thursday? Well, I, I go back. I had a friend of mine that I used to work at a restaurant here in town called Watson's. It was the guy who got me to go to college. His name was Terry Smith. He ended up becoming the radio voice of the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, oh, the yeah. Anaheim Angels, whatever they That's call great. it, and 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 I was, and he got me to go on Herbie's show when he was doing radio yeah. in Columbus. But man, yeah. he's laughed the me GM seven the times. He laughed me yeah. about eight times. So I just, you know, <laughs> it's been a long, long time. I appreciated. Yeah, I appreciated you coming on in that that era. I was just starting out, and you're, you, you know, the Browns in that era were a powerhouse, and he was a GM, and it was a massive coup that you would come on so i appreciate you doing that way way back man i watch you all the yeah. time well, with pat you, you you do a great job when was this 1970 this is like mid 90s <laughs> oh yeah mid 90s i'm not that old pat i mean you know i mean i'm old but not yeah in the 70s yeah you know you know pretty pretty soon pat's gonna have me going back to francis schmidt when he was the head coach of ohio state exactly bam the boys just hit the crossbar Five times out of, I think, ten here. I, this is an end-of-practice ritual that's taking place every year, Lombo. You got a coach involved. You got receivers. Is there a better setting? Is there a better setting oh, than Lake God. Washington there? You got I mean, we played a ton of times. 
Oh. oh, we played with Pat. We would play when they were building the new arena, the new stadium. We, I don't know if you, you were probably not, you were probably still in college, but we used to, we played, I, I think, three years up there. It was incredible. It's just, a, and of course, it rained every time we played there, like in downpours. But you get a nice hey. day in Seattle, you're coming back. Yeah, that's what we have going on right now. And I think Herbie's got another coaches meeting he's got to go to. So, ladies and gentlemen, the voice of college football. Thank you, Kurt. And Thursday Night Football on prom. Kurt, see you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, have a good weekend. Thanks, Kurt. Don't steal that bracelet. <laughs> All righty. So, uh, <laughs> this guy's the Is he not the best? Yeah, I oh, mean, yes. if he wasn't all doped up, he'd be a lot cooler. <laughs> nah, he won't do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a shame, you know, that... I get to enjoy all these local laws right. and do my thing. And he has to be the face of professionalism all the time. And mm. I know you guys can't really see it because he's sitting down. The amount of discipline this guy has maintained through, you should see how good he looks. He does though. look good. You know what I mean? He is slender. Can you get a shot on this guy right here, please? The jawline. He looks like he's 30 years old. Look at yeah. him. What is that rope he's carrying? That's going to work out. Boon. My bad. Talk, 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 talk. Oh, we thought he was bungee boy. jumping earlier. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Ben has not peed or pooped on anything that I've seen thus far is truly remarkable. That's good dog. That's good dog. Thank you, Herbie. Thank, Thank you, you buddy. Boy, Herbie. All right, Lombo, let's get into this. Lombo, last yes. night, uh, we saw the Chiefs get a big win over the Denver Broncos. I know that you... Since the very beginning during the Sean Payton interview and everything like that, and who's the new coach for Denver Broncos, I've always been a big fan of this new regime mm -hmm. in Denver. You think everybody's on the same page. Jobs are kind of been uh, sorted out. Who needs to do what? You like the way the CEO operates, a Walmart, who's running the team. Now. They've stunk. What, you know, and, and there's conversations <laughs> yeah, about them being in games and not being in games. What are you seeing from that Denver Broncos team? And what do you think Sean Payton's thinking this morning and going forward about getting back into the NFL as opposed to being a guy on Sundays on TV still? Well, I think he's probably happy to be back in the NFL. I think more than anything, what he does, what now he's learned about his team. You know, we all think in the summer we have a good team. We all think that our team can compete. And then what happens is cold water reality sets in. Now he's one in five after six games. He knows, he knows without one shadow of a doubt that he, he's not going forward with Russell Wilson. He has to pay him next year. He can't get out of that. That's already guaranteed. But if he's on the roster the fifth day of the league year next year in 2024, they guarantee 37 million of his 25 salary. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. So what I think he's learned in six games, and he's thankful he has a long-term contract, is this is a bigger rebuilding project than we thought. This is going to require a teardown. If you go back to when they won the Super Bowl in 15, they haven't been back. They haven't had a winning season since then. And they probably should have repaired the team in 17. But often we all do this, Pat. We all believe and we don't adhere to – uh, that that methodology. I, I could sum it up in two words, two words that describe failure in the NFL. Too late. Too late to recognize the problem, too late to do something about it. And I think now Sean, after six games, realizes, uh, I can't fix this. I'm going to have to tear it down. They redid Frank Clark's contract. He took a huge pay cut to do it. Unheard of in the NFL. Unheard of in the NFL. And because he, he wants to get traded and they're going to start selling off assets. Yeah, they are. Mm. Didn't we hear, though, wasn't the narrative, Lombo, uh, what, 
I don't know how many months ago that this was a Super Bowl ready team. Like if if they would have yeah. signed Aaron Rodgers back in the day when they brought on Russell, we felt like, oh, hey, this is a roster that could go and win the Super Bowl. They just need a quarterback. What happened? Well, you know, I wrote about that in the book. You know, every time you think you're one player away, put some cold water on your face, wake up and do it again because you're probably not one player away. You're never one player away. And I think Denver got caught into that illusion. They were good on defense for a time. They've gotten older. They're not the same team. You know, Von Miller's not there. They've lost some key components. So they haven't had draft picks. They haven't hit with draft picks. So I think what happens is we think we're one player. Minnesota Vikings thought they were one player away 34 years ago when they traded for Herschel Walker. They found out they weren't, right? Anytime you think you're one player away, you're probably wrong. And I think Denver did that. And now they've gotten further behind. I mean, the Chiefs beat them last night with their C game. Didn't even play their A game on offense particularly. You know, that's a whole other issue, the Chiefs offense. But to me, you know, if you hold the Chiefs to 19 points, you should be in the game. They were never in that game last night. Let's talk about that Chiefs team that you say is a whole other issue. Travis went for over a hundo. Obviously, they stole it out a little bit. Patrick Mahomes has made mistakes that we haven't seen him do in the past. You said it's a whole other conversation. Are you worried about the Chiefs offense or what do you think is going on over there? I'm worried about the Chiefs' offense against good defense. I mean, we saw that the Lions held them to 20 points. We saw last night a bad, a bad, a historically bad Denver defense, a defense that has given up numbers that I don't want to, you know, that that go back to the Super When you start compounding numbers to the Super Bowl era, you know you're bad. And most of their numbers, whether it's completion percentage, quarterback rating, they go back to the highest in the quarterback era. So they're bad. So I, I think what the Chiefs lack right now is they lack that explosive player offensively on the outside. Kelsey, they do an incredible job. Again, Kelsey's a wide receiver. He's not a tight end. Of getting him open and making him. But nobody really is worried about the other guys. I mean, the Jets are trying to unload Mikel Hardiman. I could see them trying to bring him back. I think they'll be active at the trade deadline to get another receiver, another weapon. Look, I think Rice is going to be a good player, the kid from SMU. But they're going to need more because if they're going to beat a team that can score, if they're going to beat somebody like Buffalo, they're going to need to put some points. They're going to need to be able to win in the passing game. I know we threw for 300 yards, but it wasn't a pretty 300 last night against a bad team. So I think they'll be active in the next two weeks to try to add somebody that knows their offense to help their offense because they're not making explosive plays. I mean, two weeks ago against Minnesota, the longest play of the game was a 33-yarder to Watson. Last night, Watson had another chance at a big play and dropped it. Uh, Boston Connor has something. Yeah, Lombo, I'd ask you about the Patriots, but who gives a fuck? Uh, when it comes to <laughs> storylines in the NFL right now, come on, Boston. This, come on, we got we. You know, you got it. You, you got it. Look, everybody goes through it. Yeah, exactly. It is what it is. Exactly. Everybody does it. Boom, one in sixteen. Let's get Drake May. But there's a storyline right now with the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson, and it's kind of wild because he has a, I believe it's a rotator cuff sprain, uh, and it's a time now, window bruise, 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 bone, excuse bone me. bruise, bone bruise, yeah. and it's a two to six week recovery rate. And not, right now he's going to miss the Niners game on Sunday, which would be the third week where he'll be out uh, with the bye as well. They had last week. How how is that situation handled inside? The building because obviously he's getting a large amount of money to play football for the Browns, who also thought they were, you know, a QB away. And also, how how does the team view that? And especially Stefanski, who basically said at his press conference, like, yeah, the doctors cleared him, but he said he's not ready. Yeah, I think that's the hard one, right? You know, you're paying this guy two hundred and forty-eight million, five million guaranteed. You can't get it's fully buttoned up, 
And they thought he was going to be on the field when they played the Baltimore Ravens two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, they fully expected it. It was a late scratch that none of us expected, not even the insiders. Nobody did. You know, and, and at 11-15, it came on that he wasn't going to play. And everybody just assumed he's playing this week. So uh, there's obviously there's some disconnect. They wouldn't have gone out to sign P.J. Walker if they didn't think so. Look, I think internally they're probably concerned. They're like, what's going on? You know, is it a pain tolerance thing? Can you get hurt? I mean, we see guys try to fight through it. The throwing shoulder is always difficult for the quarterback. You can't really understand it. Only he can explain it. But here's what I would say. that The Browns are good enough. If they don't get turnovers and make mistakes, this defense is really good. If you go through what Jim Schwartz has been able to do against Kyle Shanahan, I think he's 1-9. Kyle's 1-9 against Schwartz coach defense. Whoa. And and Kyle's never scored more than 20 points in those games, you know. And so I think this is a game where if they don't turn the damn thing over, they got a hell of a chance. But unfortunately, they have been turning it over, and 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 that's the issue. And I think that's really what causes most of the problems for them. Kyle Schmidt has something for you, Lombo. Yeah, Lombo, people have talked ad nauseum now about Kirk Cousins potentially getting traded. Uh, if the Vikings were to potentially lose this weekend to the Bears, and I guess even if they don't lose, because with Jefferson being out for a while, it looks like they're not in the same position oh, yeah. they thought they'd be in at this point. Do you think it's realistic that they'll actually shop and trade him? Oh, I think it's more than realistic. I, look, let, let's just understand what has happened over the last year. They have $42 million of debt, cap debt, of players they let go. $42 million that they've eaten away from their cap. They know he's going, going to be gone. He only makes $10 million. He will not be on their team next year uh, considering that he's going to void his contract. So why not now? The problem is who's going to offer him something substantial? Who's going to offer them something that moves the needle? You know, I kind of think Pittsburgh should make a phone call. I think Pittsburgh should call up and say, hey, would you be willing to take Kirk Cousins for two years, see what we have with Pickett, and then maybe Cousins can lead us because they're good enough to win the North defensively. They're not good enough to win the North as a team. But I'm having a hard time putting Kirk Cousins somewhere. He's not going to go to the Jets. You're not going to take Kirk Cousins for 10 games and say, oh, by the way, here you go. He's got a no-trade clause. He's not going to the Jets. That That's disrespectful to Aaron Rodgers, especially as he's trying to rehab. So uh, it's hard to find a spot for him because then you add the layer of, if we take Kirk Cousins, we're out of the Drake Mason sweepstakes. If we take Kirk Cousins, we're out of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. If we take Kirk Cousins, we can't get Michael Penix. Do you want to do that? I don't want to do that. So you're in that betwixt and between area. And I think you got to think about that before you do it. So I'm sure they would trade him. I don't know how many people want to dance. Okay, let's talk about another quarterback that's been talked about. And I feel like our program is one that looks at the reality of a situation more than others. Although we don't get credit for that because obviously we're a bunch of stooges. Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott. (laughs) Is getting run out of Dallas, obviously. After this season, yeah. if they don't win a Super Bowl, they're out of there. But if they were to move on from Dak after this season, it would be a $61 million cap hit, right? He has a no-trade right. clause. He has a no-franchise tag clause. He's going to be a Dallas Cowboy next year regardless, right? Is Big Mike mm-hmm. then potentially on the chopping block, or what are your thoughts happening down there in Dallas? 
Well, you got to figure out what the problem is, right? You know, when they can't run the ball with the McCarthy offense and Dak has to throw it more than 35 times, it's not going to work. Look, I've said this many times on this program. All quarterbacks need some level of management, right? Mahomes might be the exception. Josh Allen is managing himself by not trying to be the star. He's being the point guard. He's Irvin Magic Johnson creating for everybody else now. When in the past, he was trying to be a shooting guard. Where Dak, you've got to manage him. And the and everybody says get rid of Dak, but they never fill in the sentence. Who's going to replace him? Who do you got coming in? You're picking in the 20s. Who are you going to get? We see all these teams that have been picking quarterbacks. They haven't been able to satisfy the need. It's hard to find the guy. You're better off having a guy you know and managing around him than trying to go get somebody that you can't really fix. And then you add the capital implications into it. You know, when you sign him to this contract, Jerry had to say to himself, look, this is what it is. And now I think if Mike doesn't get it fixed, the coach always is the next in line to get blamed. Lombo, we got to get your picks for this week. We know uh, we're always anxiously awaiting. What do you got for us? So I like Baltimore this week. I know I've, I've heard all the, all, you know, the Mike Vrabel as a dog is certainly is something you want to play. But without Jeffrey Simmons, 100%, who may not play, without Tarrant, their nose tackle, who isn't going to play, uh, and along with Burks, the receiver, I think Baltimore, who would probably be favored more than by four points in this game, had they caught the ball against Pittsburgh. <laughs> had they just caught a couple passes, they probably would be a five, five-and-a-half point favorite here in the game. I think Baltimore's good team. I think Lamar's embarrassed. Now, I know, I know Lamar struggled against the defenses of, of Mike Vrabel, but I think this is about pride, and I think the Ravens are going over there very angry. They left after the game against Pittsburgh. I think they'll play well. I really do. I think Tennessee will struggle. I know they kind of came out of it last week against the Colts, but I, I think Tennessee will, will have a little bit of a – of a struggle to get going, especially if they don't run the ball. The other game I like, I like New Orleans. Look, I think C.J. Stroud has played really well. But I think Dennis Allen, for all the conversation of him not being a great head coach, he's a really good defense coordinator. And he'll do things to Stroud that he's not seen before. And it'll make it very uncomfortable for him. I don't love the New Orleans offense. I think they have struggled, even though they shut out New England last week, 34 to nothing. Come but on. I think this is a game New Orleans can win. And I think this is a game that – uh that C.J. Stroud, who's not thrown an interception all year, will struggle to find a, a, a niche against uh, Dennis Allen's defense. Great work, Lombo. And I don't know if you know this with one of your picks, the Ravens, they've enjoyed the London experience. Like, openly love that they're over there. Lamar was like, these people know me in London. Like, he's, like, very excited about the – and then Harbaugh's like, I feel like Ted Lasso over here. I think a large part of those <laughs> London games is – how you handle it. And I think they've been handling yeah. it right since the beginning. I love that pick, Lombo. Love it. Yeah, I do. I, I love it. And I think what you saw Buffalo start so slow last week, they went over late. Tennessee's going over late. I think you can't go over late. I think you got to go over there and kind of immerse yourself. I agree. Thank you so much, Lom Lombo. We really Thanks, appreciate guys. your time. Appreciate you. Way. Thanks for having me. Michael Lombardi, everybody. Yeah. Hey, Lombo. Thank you, Lombo. And Zeke, I know we're, we're podding up somebody. We got a, we have a guest that's going to join us here at the end. Zeke, I don't know guest? where we're at in Whoa. the process of that. A bit of a surprise Big guest. time. It's a huge Gigantic. surprise guest. Really? Massive. Gigantic. We're just when, I got the, when I got the text message that this human was potentially coming on, six to midnight, boys. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We heard it hit the table. Yeah. Right. Boom. Boom. Bang. Wow. Had no idea this. had no idea this was even possible. Ladies and gentlemen. Joining us now, he's not only a guy who is 
incredibly handsome. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> his hair flow is something that every guy desires and every lady also desires. He's a guy who's a lefty who is not only just a, a player of a sport, but an absolute dog of a competitor. He's the leader of the Philadelphia Phillies who have moved on and will start the next round against the Arizona Diamondbacks on Monday on TBS. Ladies and gentlemen, Bryce Harper. Thanks for that intro, fellas. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thanks. Thank thank you for joining the show, bro. We are massive fucking fans. Thank you so much for joining us, dude. I got to say, man, I'm a huge fan of you guys, too. I've been watching you forever. And Hawk, I love you at Ohio State, man. Um, You know, Pat, I just I I love your show. I love you guys' vibe. Um, Always fun to watch. And I'm excited to, uh, to be on. So thank you for having me. Uh, no problem. You can come on whenever you want. Don't have to start this thing with a bunch of bullshit. Sounds like that's what that was, but let's move along. Uh, we appreciate the compliments. Let's dive into this, okay? Because I think like in football, there's like bulletin board material and it's a physical sport. You can actually put your hands on somebody and do this whole thing. I think basketball, there's bulletin board material. In baseball, I didn't play it growing up. I didn't know that it was possible, but Orlando... Arcia allegedly, you know, put some bulletin board into the material into the world. So whenever somebody talks shit or says something you don't like, does the baseball just look like a beach ball the next night? How does that, how does that work? Like, how do you get more pissed off from what somebody says and see the ball and hit the ball better? Two homers, stare his ass down. That's a dog (laughs) mentality. I didn't know was possible in baseball. So what was it? You just saw the ball better because that happened because he talked his shit or what was it uh, altogether, Bryce? Nah, I mean, it's just, it's it's the competitive nature of the game. You guys know. I mean, playing sports, you're always going to be competitive. Um, no matter, you know, what anybody says or anything like that, I don't think you ever need that extra fire or anything just because, I mean, you guys know how Philly is. I mean, being able to play in front of a fan base like that, there's nothing like it. So, I mean, just more and more as you play um, as a team, I think just the vibe of our team, if anybody says anything or anything goes, you know, um crazy or anything happens our team is just going to come back and, and do those things and um you know kind of just worked out for the best for for all of us and i mean just a lot of fun to be able to be part of that bryce yeah but how does you specifically but obviously the rest of the team too like you guys seem to not understand what nerves are you don't feel nerves you guys seem to thrive when the, the lights are brightest when it means the most and that's what that's what's crazy about baseball like you guys fail a lot up there. Like, you fail a bunch, but you guys seem to hit dingers in the biggest moments, in the biggest games. What is it about your team, I think, that kind of has that, whatever that it factor is? I think just the vibe. Like, our whole team has a vibe. Every single guy, I feel like, in our clubhouse is meant to play in Philly. <laughs> and it's crazy to say that, right? I mean, because Philly is such an insane place to play. I mean, we have some of the craziest fans in the world, and – They'll let you know when you're playing bad, but they let you know when you're playing well also. And that's the best part about our team is one through 25. Each guy has a vibe on our team. Everybody looks in the mirror and says, hey, what can I do to do my job well today to help us win? And if I don't get it done or somebody else doesn't get it done, that next guy will. And you guys saw that in Castellanos last night, Trey Turner as well. And it's just the vibe of our team. It's an electric vibe. Um, And we just, we want to play this game. We play it hard. And like I said, each guy is built to play in Philly. And I mean, that's that's the best thing I can say is each guy does their job well. And when they do, you win games. 
Hey, we were talking to Lane Johnson earlier. Big time Philly show today. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah, it's big yep. Philly. Shout out to Philly. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't, we didn't expect this. Thank you for coming on late. But he talked about how last year, end of the season, they obviously ended with heartbreak. You guys, same exact thing. Has it felt like your team's been on a mission this year when playoff baseball started? You couldn't wait to get in here because watching you guys do your, I'm not a big baseball guy. I love you. Uh, just because you're a dog, you know what I mean? I like, I, I love the <laughs> fact that you're a like any sport. I do that, but watching your fan base, in those playoff games has made me that's like a football game that, that that was the excitement on every single pitch was real but then i think i seen stott hit a grand slam out of nowhere then you're hitting dingers like has your team thought about how last year ended all year and how does that work whenever the season is so long in baseball is it just a momentum that's able to be carried yeah i mean i think uh every team i feel like got to the to the finals last year and lost uh, in this city and that's that's really tough i mean for for a team that's going through it and you get so far you get into the world series um and you lose you have to kind of flush it as quick as possible because you want to get back and being able to do that as a team have the guys that we do um we just said let us get in just get us in doesn't matter for the one the two or the three wild card it doesn't matter get us in um, of course your your plan is to win the division and to to win a world series and do all that but we just want to get in because we know what our fan base is like. We know what our stadium is like. We know how hard it is to, to win in our stadium. Um, and there's nothing like it. There's nothing like playoff baseball in October in Philadelphia. And Garrett Stubbs said it best, man. If you don't like it or you don't like us, get out. We don't want you here. We don't need you here. We don't want you here. It's all about Philadelphia. And we have the best fans in the world. I'm telling you guys. If you have an opportunity to come see playoff baseball in Philadelphia, you got to do it. There's nothing like it. I mean, just just the emotion, the vibe of the city, uh, the 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 crowd. I mean, I <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like it's it is uh, unbelievable how great it is here. Hundred mm -hmm. percent. You, you don't see, see that much in baseball, right? Like you don't see that much. Yeah. Like you see it in football. You see that dynamic. And every Friday, you're sitting there. Sorry, every Saturday, Sunday, you're sitting there. And you watch, you know, you watch football and you see the the emotion and that one game a week and going out there and trying to just absolutely hammer somebody. And playoff baseball is like that every single night. All I can like kind of um, the same. It's, it's kind of the same thing as NHL, right? Like you're playing each night, you're going in, you're trying to do it. The crowd's going crazy um, because it's such a nightly basis uh, of, of doing it. And there, there's nothing like it. It's so much fun, man. Game one of the NLCS between Phillies and Diamondbacks start Monday night at 8 p.m. on TBS. The ALCS begins this Sunday. It's only heating up. Ty has a question for you, Bryce. Yeah, Bryce, obviously, you know, being in Philly is kind of, it's you've said it, it's basically like a match made in heaven, but there were some tweets going around X last night, and I don't know if you want to just confirm or deny this. As a Yankees <laughs> fan, uh, it says when you were kind of getting ready to make your decision that you wanted to be a Yankee and – that sack of shit, Brian Cashman, wouldn't even meet with you. So I don't know if that's true or not, but if you could just answer that so I could go find a bridge to jump off of. And then also, um, I think people forget that you played catcher in high school and in college. Uh, what has the transition been like moving to first base? Has it been more difficult than you imagined or no? Uh, so Yankee, right? I grew up a Yankee fan my whole life. Everybody knew that. Um, I grew up, you know, watching some really good Yankee Yankee teams. Um Bernie Williams, Derek Jeter, 
uh, Jorge Posada. I mean, I, I love those teams, um, but I couldn't imagine not being a Philadelphia Philly. There's nothing like it. So if you want to come be a Philly fan, <laughs> come on, hop on. Come on, <laughs> hey, I think I am. Hey, I, Bryce, I want to let you know, I think I am. Uh, just because I, I think I tweeted this as well. Like, I don't know how to watch. I don't even know. Like, I grew up in Pittsburgh. Okay. Like, the Pirates have been the Pirates for my own my whole entire existence. I guess before the, I was born, the Pirates were great, is what I've been told. But baseball is never <laughs> something that I got I got into, you know? And I always just assumed, like, ah, it's a little bit too slow for me. I have ADD. I can't pay attention. That first game I saw you guys play this offseason, this postseason, it was awesome. Every pitch, Miles Teller's big face was on the screen, like, every four minutes about going nuts in the crowd. And the way you guys yep. play, it's like, I think I'm a Phillies fan through, and especially you joining our show, like, no baseball people come on our show other than Jet Passing. So I appreciate you doing this. Now, <laughs> inform, inform me of this because I am an idiot. Are there some nights where you're just seeing the ball better? Like for me as a kicker and a punter, there's some days where the ball just goes further. There's some days where for whatever reason, yeah, here it is. For whatever reason, like I'm just hitting a ball better than maybe on other days. you got to play a lot of baseball. But whenever you're in that batter's box, is there days that you're just more locked in? The ball does look like a beach ball. Maybe your swing's more fluid. or And do you know going into the night that you're going to be hot? Like is that something you can tell whenever you start the game? Have have you ever like before the game thought to yourself like you hit the upright or something and you thought to yourself man it's gonna be terrible tonight like have you ever felt yes. that like and then oh, you walk yeah. into the locker room and you come back out and you're pissed and it's just like man I'm gonna be awful tonight like I hope these I hope these guys score a lot of points and I'm gonna be terrible um, that's how I yes, felt I the other night before we before that game against Atlanta I walked out of the cage about three times and said I got no chance tonight boys like. <laughs> You guys go out there, do your thing, and and then I go out there, I punch out my first Nevada. So I told you guys, like, <laughs> play the, like it's it's all about you guys because I got nothing. And then next to the bat, I'm like, Cassie hit the homer, fired me up, and I'm like, all right, here we go, bam, homer, felt good, and then I hit another one, and I was like, it just doesn't matter how you feel, like it it doesn't because you go out there and you play the game, and it is what it is. So I mean, but yeah, I mean, there's other nights where I feel good going out there, but I could go zero for four or four punch outs too. You know, it kind of just depends on the vibe and depends on how you're playing. And um, but each night I just I feel like the confidence is always there. You know, I have confidence in, in the ability to go out there and play the game. And um, there's nothing like it. I just I, I really enjoy this game. I really enjoy playing the, the game of baseball. And of course, like Hawk said, man, like you're going to go up there, you're going to fail three out of ten. And everybody knows that, you know, seven times you're going to fail. And it's it's mentally what you can do to come back from, from that, um, in any situation, because each, each at bat, especially in the postseason, matters. So, you know, if you're 0 for one or 0 for two or 0 for three, it doesn't matter. What have you done for me lately, you know, in the game and what can you do to help us win this game? What year is this for you now in the MLB? Uh, this is year 11 full. So 12. Wow. Way to go, dude. Cause I remember, (laughs) I remember back whenever you came in, uh, and it was like, Hey, this is the next American great hope. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's kind of what it was kind of being proposed as, and here you are now the face of a team that is hotter than everybody else. Job well done, brother, especially in a sport that is so punishing as baseball. I think you should be incredibly proud of yourself, Bryce. I think you should. I appreciate that guys. It means a lot. You know, I, I just, I'm so thankful to play this game. I really am. I enjoy it. I love it. Um, I got a long ways to go. So, you know, it's, uh, 
I'm just really grateful to play in the city of Philadelphia with the great team that I do have. Um, and I just love it. Yeah, man. but you're I really old do. as shit now. You're old as shit. I now, am. Right? You're an old- I am. Yeah, that's why I watch you guys, and that's why I watch you know college football on Saturdays. <laughs> I got nothing else to do. <laughs> Bryce, last question for me here. So I'm, I'm trying to picture myself. Like I grew up playing travel baseball, all that stuff. Didn't didn't play past high school, so nothing like that. But I'm just thinking in baseball. For a playoff game, you have all these fans. Everyone's watching. We see the reaction when you do. You connect on a dinger, and the place goes crazy. How do you harness that and actually dial in? I feel like I'm in there. I'm all jacked up. I'm swinging at every pitch mm-hmm. I see. I have no discipline. I have no, like. How do you harness that energy and actually use it for focus in those moments? I think the pre- you know being prepared for that, right? Like you prepare so much, you you work hard all the time, um, and then the game. It's just you go out there and play. You play the same game you've been playing your whole life. And, you know, the, the lights might be brighter. It might be 45,000 people in there. Um, but I love that. I'm all about that. I love going on the road and getting booed. I, I absolutely do. Um, there's nothing like it. I mean, I, you know, growing up, you play all these games when you're younger, 10, 11, 12 years old. I was talking to the media the other day. And I dropped out of high school at 16. I got my GED, went into JUCO. Um, and it was like, I have to be the number one pick. That's the pressure, right? That was the pressure. I have to be the number one pick. I have to be the number one pick. I have to go in there. If I'm not, I'm a failure. I'm the failure. You know, I have to be able to get my my family out um, and take care of them and do the things I can to, to you know, just take care of them forever. And that was the pressure. Now all this, this is cake. This is what it's all about. This is the, this is the fun part of that. Going out there and playing in front of 45,000 people and harnessing that energy into hitting a baseball, understanding, letting the game come to me um, and not worrying about anything else, not worried about the outside or the inside, um, just worried about what I can control. Um, and that's hitting a baseball and, and playing and doing the best I can for my team and my city. And um, the pressure is all behind me. You know, this is this is what I love to do. And there's nothing like it. There's nothing like hitting a baseball in a big spot or a big moment um, with 45,000 strong behind you and, and 25 guys in your dugout cheering you on and I mean, that's, that's, that's what it's all about, you know, and the pressure, the pressure's gone, man. It's just, it's just about playing now. You know, you, you guys get it. You prepare all week to, to play in a football game. And then you go out on, on a Sunday or Monday and you just play the game. You just let it happen. You let the game come to you and no mistakes or anything like that. You got, you have to know too, like sometimes you're going to make those mistakes. Sometimes things are going to happen and that's part of the game. Don't let that don't let that dwell or don't let that impact the way you, you finish your game. You know, I, I think there's so many times where young kids or athletes and oh, one little thing will impact your whole career. No, it's it's over. That moment's over. You know, take take another step. Take another step in the right direction. Cause all those, you know, ups and downs or all those moments, those are what's gonna lead you to a stepping stone of being great. And and that's where greatness comes from. And that's what it, that's what it's all about. I, I love I love playing, man, and I just – this is all cake to me right now. This is all the the fun and all the hard work and everything. This is, this is what it's all about, guys. That was one of the greatest answers Beautiful. I've ever heard in my life. Hell yeah. one that was one of the greatest <laughs> answers I've ever heard in my life. And I hope at one point with all the money you've made, you obviously take care of your family, your dad. Hell, of a th- I, we watched you yep. in that home run derby with the old man. Obviously an awesome moment. Um, I hope you get a chance to get a time machine, go back to that 16-year-old kid one time and say, like, Hey, just relax, dude. It's all going to work out. Because I couldn't even fathom how the pressure was for you to be where you are now. And now that you are where you're at, how about these shots of the 
of the what is it locker room? I don't what the yeah. what the fuck do you guys call it? This is awesome. Uh, Bro, Thanks. this is the greatest in all of sports that you guys have this. And I feel like you said all your guys are supposed to be in Philadelphia. For me, that means a lot of things. <laughs> Top, pretty, but also have a great time. How are the boys in the celebration and how does everybody feel afterwards? There's nothing better, dude. We have the best celebration party team. If there's a team that anybody wants to hire for a wedding, we're the team. <laughs> we'll bring the vibe. We'll bring the playlist. We'll bring, we'll bring it all. Just show up. We got it from from Garrett Stubbs to Castellanos to Marsh to Trey. I mean, it is it's unbelievable. We have, we have such a great team to be able to party with and Broad Street, man. There's I ho I hope it happens because it's going to be insane. I don't know if I don't know if any of my teammates are going to wake up for a month. So oh, well, hey, that's what that's what you're supposed to do. You earn that. You earn that hangover. And uh, we know that the the series with the Diamondbacks starts on Monday, 8 p.m. on TBS. But we're gonna try to get to a game over there in Philadelphia. I think here in this next series, we're gonna try to get over there. Okay. And now you might Let's have go. to you might have to use some of that money that you have to find a suite because I think that thing sold out probably the whole place. Right? How are we even gonna get in there? Yeah, definitely sold out. I, I got a couple tickets in the suite. Maybe I can help you guys out. <laughs> My man! Yeah. All right, Bryce, we no appreciate doubt. the hell out of you. Keep killing it. We appreciate your, uh, you know, like, your ascension to where you are right now. I hope you get a chance after that. Not now. Don't be, mm -hmm. you know, looking back at how great the run is right now, okay? We need you to still hit some fucking baseballs, hell okay? Yeah. But at some point, no I hope you get a chance to look back and say, bravo, you've done good. A lot of Americans look up to you and a lot of people around the world. Keep handling adversity. Keep bombing balls. Ladies and gentlemen, Philadelphia Philly superstar, Bryce Harper. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Awesome. Is that the first time he's been on a program? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What a beast. It's got to be. Wait, he's... He's the guy. He's the guy in baseball. And especially, like you said, those monster moments. It's, I feel like Bryce always delivers. It feels like, I don't know, it's it's nuts. He's And like you said, the pressure that he talked about at 16, he's telling himself, hey, I have to be the number one overall pick, which also is kind of subjective, too. What if they don't need someone? What if they're going to take a picture or yeah, something? Like yeah. It could have happened the other way, too. I think I love – the thing I love about him is, and obviously it's a vastly different situation, but I think everybody who – had dreams or expectations put on them early to become professional athletes, you don't really get to enjoy a lot of life. Like in high school, a lot of people have a lot of fun. You know, a lot of people have a lot of fun in high school. Bryce Harper, I assume, did not have a lot of fun. Even whenever he was at events that were supposed to be fun, all he was thinking about was, uh, is this going to make me a better baseball player or not? He's missed out on so many things that normal humans have got a chance to enjoy because of the focus and the expectation of him being the next guy, let alone college, which he didn't go to, obviously dropping out of high school and doing that whole thing. It's like he has sacrificed a lot of happiness to be this person that he is now. And I know there was moments where people were dogging on him because he's so handsome and he's so good and everything like that. But to see him shine in this massive moment in his 11th year in the majors, it's like, I'm so happy for that mm -hmm. dude. I'm so thankful that he came on the program. Ty, he's been talked about as the next American hope, right? For like ever. And oh. now he's living it all up. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. What the hype has been. Yeah, for sure. He has actually lived up to the hype, lived up to the massive contract. And like he mentioned, he dropped out, got his GED. He went to a Juco that played with wooden bats, like knowing, hey, yeah. I'm going to have to be prepared because I am going to be the first overall pick. Like there's only a handful of schools in the country that play with wooden bats in college. And his brother was there, but same deal. He was like a 16 year old kid.
playing with guys who are 23, 24, and obviously I think he he broke like the single season home run record. So like <laughs> it it was one of those things where like he he was at a home run derby where the uh, Tampa Bay Rays play when he was in high school, and he hit like a six hundred foot home run, and it was just like his legend has just continued to grow, continued to grow. He won a World Series with the Nationals that they hadn't done that in a long time, and then signs this massive contract in Philly, and they always talk about that in baseball, like these guys getting inside their own head because they sign these massive deals that you can never live up to. And he just time and time again has lived up to the, you know, like he is. I mean, him and a handful of other guys are the face of baseball. He's LeBron. He had LeBron type yes, hype for coming sure. into baseball. He was like the baseball form of LeBron, I feel like, when he was coming. Oh, yeah. He was on the cover of SI when he was like 14. And he just stopped by our show randomly on a Friday. Hell Thank yeah. you, Bryce. Appreciate yeah. him. Shut up, Bryce. Pat, let's do our picks, man. What do you think? Yeah, we got a crowd of people around here who thought this show was going to end two minutes oh, ago. Oh, no, so. here we go. All right, so last night, actually, unfortunately, I lost on that one. I'm oh, I'm starting 0-1. You are 1-0. Good for you. They won by 11 points. The spread was 10 and a half. What yep. do these people know? <laughs> everything. Or they know not. everything, Pat. Hey, let's go. Uh, Ravens, Tennessee, Titans. The Ravens are, what, four-point favorites in Tennessee. What do you think? In L- London. In London. Uh, London. Oh, my bad. In yeah, London. Right. Yeah, it's at 930. This is the last one. Then there's a two-week break. Then they're going to Germany. Let's remember that. Uh, I like the Ravens here, just like Lombo, strictly because of how I've heard the Ravens talk about how happy they are to be in London. When Lamar recognized that he was an international celebrity and was getting recognized on the streets of London and he was, like, dumbfounded by it, that made me feel like, oh, they still have that joy, that humility. They still have that sense of enjoying every single opportunity that they have. Harbaugh says he feels like Ted Lasso coaching in London. I like where the Ravens are at, although I'm a big Vrabel guy. Give me them minus four in London town on terrible grass if you listen to Vaughn Miller. Yes, exactly. I So I've taken Tennessee multiple times in a row. I have not been victorious and couple that with what Lombo said. Give me the Ravens here at minus four. We move on to San Fran taking on the Chicago Bears. San Fran is nine and a half point favorite. Cleveland Browns. What did I say? Bears. That's the new thing. Oh, I'm looking at this Bears. I'm looking at the Bears Vikings one right now. It does kind of look like the Bears. It does look from from a distance. It's all right. We debuted that dog logo on our show. Oh, yeah. They don't even use it. That stupid elf is still in the field. Oh, it is. What about the elf that was roaming around here? Yeah, he's still Yeah, that stupid one, yeah. Yeah, Elfie, right? That's his name? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Elfie. Yeah. Niners, Browns, he eats, what do you think? It's turds. Uh, give me the Browns, <laughs> the Niners. Give me the Niners. The Browns have nothing positive going on for them right now, although I do enjoy potentially what the Browns could be, and I love the way their defense plays, and I appreciate what uh, Lombo said about Shanahan struggling against old Cuzzy, the D coordinator over there, but the Niners are the Niners until they aren't the Niners, so mm-hmm. give me them minus whatever. Absolutely what Pat just said. Niners minus nine and a half for me. And we go on to Washington taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Artie Smith was just here. Washington is two and a half point dogs in Atlanta. We're sponsored by FedEx now. I don't know if that deal has been signed or not, but for good reason, because the head coach for that Falcons team, give me the Falcons going on a run minus two and a half and look out for Desmond Ritter going back to back with big time football games. You're right. I cannot go against... Our CEO of FedEx, Dick Smith. Uh, I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons here, minus two and a half, as we move on to the Carolina Panthers traveling to Miami to take on the Dolphins. The Panthers are 13 and a half point dogs. That seems like a lot. 
Not enough, though. Give me the Dolphins minus 13 and a half. Yep. Feels like that team is only going to get better. I know A-Chan is out for the next four weeks. Somehow McDaniel will find somebody else to put in there. Mm -hmm. Look for Tyreek Hill to line up at running back, ooh, maybe. Ooh. And them just being able to pop through if they have to. Give me the Dolphins minus 13 and a half, although that is an immense amount of points for a week six game. I mean, give me the Panthers at... at Plus 13 and a half. It just seems like a lot of points, whatever. I hope they get some, so maybe a garbage touchdown at the end to, to get within reach of the line there. And we move on. Minnesota Vikings taking on Zito's Chicago Bears. Oh, the Bears are only, what, three-point uh, dogs at home. What do you think, Pat? Uh, just for some reason, give me the Bears. Let's uh, go! This feels, <laughs> feels weird even having that come out of my mouth. Uh, I, I feel very uncomfortable, actually, that I even said that. Uh, <laughs> why feels good but why no Jefferson just because like no Jefferson the Kirk Cousins yeah. trade stuff happening like it just feels like this year with the Vikings the football gods are not blessing them so for some reason give me the Bears plus three at home all right well for some reason I'm going to take the Vikings at minus three on the road oh, so we'll see how long. that one plays out I know Zito's upset with me but here we go Indianapolis Colts travel to Jacksonville oh boy they've had some tough ones down there but the Colts are four point dogs in Jacksonville yeah we haven't been able to really perform well in Duval I don't know if it's the hot tubs or it's Jack's Beach I don't know what necessarily takes down the Colts in Jacksonville but it has not been great Gardner Minshew revenge game though he's leading the Indianapolis Colts back into Jacksonville yep. Jacksonville off a of back-to-back -back stints in London gonna be a little tired give me the Colts plus four and I was gonna pick them regardless but this one actually feels good yeah, with Gardner in there, honestly, in the Gardner traveling back to Jacksonville where he's had a lot of success, actually. I, I like the Colts here at plus four, so give me the Colts as hey, well. We've agreed on a lot. That's, we've agreed on a lot on of these games. Haven't all we? of them but two. Okay, here we go. And it's not been good this year. Remember that. Us agreeing has not been good. Yeah, we got a couple. We'll see. we got some toss-ups coming up. Here we go. The Saints traveling to Houston to take on the Texans, and the Saints are one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Lombo likes the Saints. He says he thinks that CJ is going to struggle against that Saints defense. I don't agree with it. I like Lombo's brain. Give me the Texans getting points at home. I just love the way that team plays the football. And, uh, yeah, I like him down there in Houston. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to stick with Lombo on this one. I'm taking the Saints uh, minus Dang. one and a half at Houston. So that should be a good little game. Though I'm curious to see. Hopefully CJ Stroud can continue uh, his excellent quarterback play. Seattle coming to Cincinnati. It's a long flight, Pat. You're in Seattle right now. So the Seahawks are traveling yeah. to Cincinnati. 1 and they're, Eastern. They're, yeah, 1 p.m. Eastern. There are two and a half point dogs against the Cincinnati Bengals. That seems like, that seems kind of weird to me, doesn't it? Uh, I don't know if you, I mean, the Seattle Seahawks are much better than anybody ever talks about. And we don't talk about them because of how far Seattle is away from everything. And once I got up here, more people should take the trip. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. I think this is the weather every single day here. Yeah. I think this is how mm. Seattle is. I can understand why Pete Carroll's able to get the boys riled up and practice and everything like that. But I said just yesterday, look out. Joe Burrow's back. He's healthier than he's ever been. Give me the Bengals at home in a 10 a.m. local time game for the Seattle Seahawks in Cincinnati. I'm going to have to stick with you on this one as well. Give me the Bengals at home. Joe Burrow, man, just bouncing around the field. Jamar Chase. Absolute touchdown scoring machine. Yeah, Bengals for me. Minus two and a half. We move on. New England Patriots con, man. Here we go. Oh, they're three-point dogs. Are you upset that they're not favorites? The Patriots are three-point <laughs> dogs oh, no. against the Las Vegas Raiders. What do you have here, Pat? I uh, Con, man. Yeah. Yeah. We need to hear. 
You don't want me to say what I'm about to say, right? Uh, we don't, I uh, couldn't I say what if, I should if, say. If it's that the Patriots are going to win and turn the season around, then yeah, I don't want to hear what you're about to say. All right, give me the Patriots plus three in Las Vegas. Damn it's it. Bill versus McDaniels. Mm. I think. Uh, I just think that Bill Belichick in these types of games somehow figures it out. Now, Devontae Adams, Bill will figure out some way to hopefully neutralize him. Ooh. He's coming back from his shoulder. What's that? Uh, you know, we're on our fifth and who sixth and seventh corners. Uh, just you know, He's I, imitating. Who knows? Would, would you give me the Raiders? Give me the Raiders yeah. minus three. <laughs> give me the Raiders minus three. Okay. It's I'm- also Jacoby Myers. Uh, Revenge game, and this is a real revenge game. Didn't get re-signed. Gave Juju the same contract. Juju oh hasn't gosh. done anything. Plus, he won the game for the Raiders last year too. Yes, yes, he threw it to Chandler Jones. Well, with that being said, Chandler Jones is not there. He no. is not on the squad right now. But with that being said, I will still take the Las Vegas Raiders at minus three over the New England Patriots. Here we go, Detroit Lions. Evan Foxy's a little bit nervous this Whoa. week. I hear, even though they are three point favorites, traveling to Tampa Bay to take on Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Bucks. We just talked to Bake. Guy looks good. Feels good. I saw him throwing T-shirts to the crowd. Arm looks very, very live. What do you have here, Pat? They're wearing the cream schools. I love it. Uh, I do believe the cream schools are making an appearance. They've been talked about a lot on the internet, so I assume that's this week. Uh, They're fresh out of a bye, maybe a slow start. Give me the Lions. Minus three. I'm sorry, not just the Lions. The brand new Lions. Hell yeah. Minus three, even though I appreciate the hell out of Baker Mayfield for what he did for us at the Texas State Fair. Yeah, I do too. I, I I want to pick the Tampa Bay Bucks here because I like what Bake's doing, what that team has going on. But man, I just feel too good about the Lions. I'm taking the Detroit Lions at minus three, and Aiden Hutchinson, his motor and his unbelievable moves, and everyone else in that defense. Dan Campbell, man, I'm happy for Jared Goff how he's playing. So give me the Lions minus three. Now we move on. Arizona Cardinals taking on the L.A. Rams. Man, the Cardinals are seven point dogs on the road against the Rams. Yeah, give me the Rams. I got to see Matthew Stafford do his thing. And I know the Cardinals had an incredible start to the season where they were battling with everybody. And this feels like maybe the Cardinals will be able to keep this within a touchdown. But my gut is telling me that sports books want us to take the Cardinals. So I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to play their little game. Love it. Give me the Rams minus seven. Okay. You know what? I'm getting, I am going to play their little game. I am going to take the Arizona Cardinals at minus or plus seven here. On the road, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have some. I have a feeling they could they could find some of that magic that they have had throughout this uh, this season. Every once in a while, James Connor is he playing? Something with James Connor? I don't think he, so. Yeah, I think he's uh, out. James Connor is hurt. He is not hmm. playing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big deal. He had a great start to the season for them. Now yeah. their defense is still great, but Matthew Stafford's seen it. I don't know. I, I just this one feels like the books want you to take the Cardinals. Yeah, Cooper Cup being back too, like fully back. You know, yeah. second game already has his legs on. You guys all now. just trying to talk me out of picking the Cardinals. Is no, you're trying to do? Nope, strictly the Cardinals. I got the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I want the Cardinals still. I really do. Okay. All right. Sweet. Okay. Here we go. Eagles taking on the Jets. We heard Lane. He talked about that. Uh, that Jets front on defense is very, very good at getting after the quarterback. The Eagles are seven point favorites. What are you doing here? Favored by a touchdown against a very good Jets defense. Uh, and the Eagles have kind of just, you know, just yeah. one, one, one with not mm-hmm. a lot of glitz and glamour. This feels like a good week for Lane Johnson and the boys to kind of, you know, say, hey, we're still the Eagles. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles minus seven. Although I appreciate what the Jets have done this uh, football season. I definitely believe in this Jets defense and their D line, but 
who I also believe in, is this Eagles front seven and this yep. Eagles all 11 on defense. I mean, they are scary to think of trying to block these guys. So give me the Eagles minus seven on the road against the Jets. Last one that we have to pick here is Sunday night football. Jeez. New York football Giants, 14 and a half point dogs in Buffalo. Jeez, that's a lot of points there, Pat. What do you think? No Dan Jones. Oh, so yeah, many no points. That is so many points for a Sunday night football game. Get the NFC East off of my television. Please. You know I mean? if, it's not, if it's not the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't want them on primetime. I'm sick of it. Well, now we got to watch Saquon. Who's quarterback, Bruce? Tyrod Taylor. T-Mobile. Okay. Yeah. Tyrod can play. Revenge sure. game. Yeah, and everybody's thinking that Tyrod Taylor can move as if Daniel Jones can't. You know, like <laughs> well said. Daniel Jones is a guy that can move very well as well. And I like Tyrod Taylor and I appreciate Wink Martindale and Dayball, but for whatever reason, it just ain't working this year. And the Buffalo Beals are fresh off of uh, embarrassing, devastating loss yeah. where a lot of conversation was had about what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Von Mueller is back another week. Give me the Buffalo Beals minus 14 and a half, just strictly because I think they have a lot to prove. I don't think they like the way the past week has gone and what people have said. And also, this is one where you're supposed to pick the Giants, plus 14 and a half, and we beat them twice. And by we, I mean me, outsmarting the books. I feel good about it, AJ Hall. You have been outsmarting the books, and you know what? I'm going to... I think I'm going to play right into their trap. I'm going to take the New York football Giants just because I feel like plus 14 and a half feels like a lot. I feel like Tyrod can figure something out. Hopefully that Giants defense can hold up a little bit, but you're right. The Bills have a lot to play for. They're pissed off coming off a loss. They're awesome. They have studs everywhere. Like you said, Von Mueller's out there feeling pretty pretty darn good about himself. But I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the Giants there. So we have a good slate for us. There we go, Pat. What do you think? DoorDash. Sorry about it. Hey, neighborhood favorites delivered. I've never been more pumped about a company doing business with us Mm -hmm. than when DoorDash hopped on board here because I have paid them strictly out of orders to my house more money than they could ever pay to be a partner with us. But the fact that they are changing the game and we might be doing the same, the synergy is glorious. And right now, I do believe that if you scan that thing, and I don't have it in front of me, I think there's some sort of uh, delivery something being given. I think, yeah, that thing right there. From our friends at DoorDash, every restaurant delivered to your front door, and you don't have to talk to anybody. It literally just shows up. It's sitting there. DoorDash, one of the greatest inventions in the history of humans, and we're very thankful that they're joining us. And tonight, this weekend, whenever you need it, download the app and do your thing. Oh, you want a little Applebee's apps, but you don't have time to get... Who cares? Let them come to you. Oh, you want a little steak from a nice high five-star steak place, but you don't want to get all suited and booted and go deal with all the yups? Who cares? They'll bring the steak right to you. What? Door, let alone groceries with Dash Mart in Dick's I mean, Sporting it, it, Goods. I've ordered socks from Dick's Sporting yep. Goods there before. I've uh, ordered cleats for, for kids, mouthpieces, all of it. I just scanned yeah. that code, and it said it's disabled currently right now, so oh, I don't know what the no. hell happened. Oh, oh, great, no. great, okay. great. Too many people used it. Too many people used Friday it. Friday the 13th okay. joke, right? Is it a joke okay. like April Fool's? Is that yep. what we're doing? It's Friday the 13th in October. Ooh. Spooky. Spooky. Ooh. Maybe was, don't go out of your house. Use DoorDash. That's right. Smart. Bingo. Maybe it was AJ's fingers pointing at it. What do you, oh, you yeah. think I, I messed it? Did I disable yeah. it by trying to point right here? Boom. Oh, Maybe it's new. Boo, is it boo, new? Look how straight that boo. finger is. That ah. finger has never had any issues. I can't even see it. Oh. Turn it sideways. I'll tell you what. Urban oh. Meyer sees those fingers and gets jacked up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. Mouth-watering. <laughs> 
I'm talking about having good fingers. It's way too graphic for everybody involved. A lot of people talking a lot of shit these days. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You say? Nobody in real life, though. You know, that's what I'm kind of realizing about my life here. Oh, yeah. Nobody, nobody in reality has ever said anything to me except for on the Internet. I think this is our life now. Yeah. But I'm very eager to see how tomorrow morning goes here. Like very, very eager. I think it's to be overwhelmingly positive Mm -hmm. for you. You don't like you're not at Washington State. I know you pick a, you know, have a beef specifically with them, but you're it's a rival. Why wouldn't they love you? Just real quick. They, so, it's not going to be possible for anybody to listen, but they, you know, they're the yeah. ones that attack. Of course. So but it, you know all that doesn't matter. People don't listen. They just hear what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then now they're trying to. Yeah. And then they, I actually picked them last week. I picked them every week to win. Mm-hmm. You know, I want them in the Big 12. That's what I want. I want the Washington State team in the Big 12, but. From what I've been told, they're coming in droves, and they're coming for me tomorrow. So I'm going to sleep very soundly tomorrow, and I got about 100 in the chamber for Hell yeah. said Washington State team for tomorrow morning. And I'm incredibly lucky to get to be able to do this. I'm thankful for the hospitality from the ESPN folks that set this entire thing up here. Old Cooch over on the ones and twos. Cameraman, audio, Miss Hare, Sarah, obviously helping out. And the people at Washington have been fantastic thus far. Can't thank everybody enough. And AJ, great work hosting back there. Great work. Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate seeing the boys and everybody. Pat, I know you you say you have a crew of people surrounding your desk. They need to. They obviously need to break stuff down, and they have a, a whole whole uh, docket of shows. I'm guessing that they have to work on today and tomorrow and get everything set up for game day, right? Yeah, I mean, we're always in the way, but what we're trying to do is have a good time. I think we did that today. Big shout to Bryce Harper making some oh, time. Man. Michael Thank Lombardi, you. Lane Johnson, what? Coach DeBoer, Kirk Herbstreet. It was a hell of a Friday here. Unreal. It's awesome. I had a great time, man. We uh, Overreaction Monday, obviously you will be back in the state of Indiana for Overreaction Monday. We have a huge slate of games all day tomorrow. You will be doing college Hopefully. game day, obviously. What do you mean? I mean, ah. Uh, there's been people that tell me they're going to kill me tomorrow. So if this is, uh, you know, if this is my last feel good Friday, it's been a good one. I think it's been a, I think it's been a good one. Yep. You know, I'm pretty pumped up about that. Mm-hmm. Somebody wow. told, somebody told us it is coming. Somebody said to me and Herb Street about this. It is coming. And now that particular person, actual psychopath. But what does that mean? You know what I mean? I don't it? know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until it's, so hopefully, in, until it's said in person, uh, it's all bark. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. Speaking of bark, these dogs were barking earlier. These boys are ready to fly around, as is Oregon. And overreaction Monday should be stupendous, AJ. Absolutely stupendous. I would like to let everybody know, though, that's watching, I came out here alone. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whenever the the chirping gets the loudest, you know, I didn't come with a full army. I didn't bring the boys. I'm going to stare right in their faces and let them know that I don't think I'm wrong in this situation. I think you are. With that being said, Good luck to your team. I hope they win. I'm picking them again. So we'll see how tomorrow is. Hopefully I don't die. And uh, yeah, it's been a blast out here in Seattle thus far. All right. Well, with that being said, we hope you have a great time in Seattle tomorrow and the rest of this weekend. And we will see you on Monday for Overreaction Monday. And everybody else that watched and listened at home, we appreciate you guys so much. What's up? AJ, it is coming. What is, what's what is it? That? It as in what? I don't know. Nope. I guess that's in the eye of the site. say you and center. Kirk both. They sent it to you. On the internet somewhere? It is coming. No, it was a text message to Herbie that then got relayed to me. How'd they it get his number? Ah, oh, they know the person. Oh. It is coming. Okay. 
Whatever it is, there's one coming back too. It's a smack to the mouth if you need it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Hell yeah. That's right, man. It's consequences. Yeah. yeah, there is. That's what I think. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it hopefully is not my death, but if it is, I've appreciated all of this and what a legendary way to go out. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. We appreciate you. We appreciate everybody. Thank you for uh, having me involved in this whole situation. It's fun to come here on Fridays. fun to join you when we do it in person as well. But we'll talk to you soon, man. Be safe. Have fun. We cannot wait to talk to everybody on Monday. Come on back Monday, please. Take much more than five. <laughs> Cheers. Five.